Welcome, everybody. How are you doing? Happy Podcast Day, episode 333 of this fine podcast known as Weekly Games Chat. Started way back a long time ago. It used to be known as Games and Games. Raise your hand if you remember that one, huh? Chris does. Yeah, he's doing it right now on Twitch. You can see us on twitch.tv backslash weekly games chat around 5.30 Eastern every Tuesday-ish uh, as we record this show. My name's Sean. How you doing? And uh, there's a guy I'm going to introduce now who, uh, when he when I first saw him today, he had a shirt on and it was it was almost like his head was floating, but it was his lighting. His name is John. It rhymes with Sean. How you doing, buddy? I am good. In fact... Uh, yesterday, the one of the original co-hosts of Games and Games stopped by the house. I didn't come by the house yesterday. So it had to be Tony. Yes. He drove all the way from Florida. No, it had, it was, that was, was Games uh, and Games. Wait. It was Hatchet. Do I have that wrong? It was Chris and Chris. It was Games and Games with Chris and Chris, but didn't Tony and you do it for like a day or two? Tony to- kind of got them introduced to each other and then... When Tony was on the very first episode with us. Maybe that's okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, dude. But yeah, uh, he's, is he back? Yeah, Chris? he's back. Yeah. I, I, I think I saw that on the social medias. Yeah. And I was like, cool. I wonder retired. how, did he, did he have a good trip where he went for a little while? <laughs> you know, that's a long story, but yeah. yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, he, he was, he was living in different places. Um, one of them being, uh, I think one of them being Tennessee, living with a couple of relatives. Um, I might have that story not completely accurate, but it's, I guess he was gone for close to a year. Yeah, it was, it was, but, a, it was a little while. Yeah, but then he's, but he's been back in town for four months or so. Okay. He called Am me I the only one? Back. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. He, no, he called me when he got back to town and then stopped by yesterday. <laughs> so, that sounds about right. Sounds about right. I, but I, all I was going to add was was this. Am I the only one now that I've done this show and we talk about Outriders Tennessee? When I hear the word Tennessee, I think about Outriders Tennessee, and that's it. I don't think about the Tennessee Volunteers, the state of Tennessee, anything else. It's simply Outriders Tennessee. No, it wasn't Outriders Tennessee. It was something else Tennessee. No. Why, why the – what is wrong with me? Why did I just say Outriders Tennessee? Darksiders Tennessee. Darksiders Tennessee. Because we <laughs> just had to, a talk. We just had to flip a, it and make that game. It needs we, to be a game. We just had a talk before the show, and um, Chris let John know that Outriders was on PC Game Pass now. Yeah, and it was hilarious how that conversation went on. And speaking of Chris, and hopefully I don't continue to mix things up like Tony and Chris and Outriders and ugh, Chris, how you doing, buddy? I should have said a different name just then. It would have been funny. I'm good. Yeah, you're good. That's all you're going to add to the thing. You're just you're good. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's fine. It's totally fine. It's good. What we're good. I don't. Know. What, what what what's happening? Is this a is this a bit that I don't know about? Like that one time y'all did that one thing to me, and then I was all like, I hate you guys. But in hindsight, it was hilarious. Yes. Yes. <laughs> just John. Uh, that's the weirdest beer bottle I've ever seen in my life. Probably because it's not beer. It's high quality H2O. High quality H2O. Uh, how are you coming along? Are we ever going to see John drink beer again? Yeah, I think I'll start back next week. I just um, had to check in with my sponsor. 
Yeah. You know, that makes, that makes a lot of, you're doing good, John. You did, dude, you're doing great. Uh, we appreciate all your hard work and dedication and stuff. Uh, as we sit here this week and you look at your calendar, it is, if you're watching us on Twitch, it's a day beforehand. So y'all calm down. Uh, there's not a lot of y'all here now, so I think I'm good. But as you, the listener, look at the calendar, it's, it's uh, November 17th. So we are a week away from Thanksgiving. And uh, that's, a, of course, a strictly American holiday. And a lot of people love it and look forward to it. Do you guys have any plans this year for the holiday itself? Just go over to the folks' house and uh, have some good go. old turkey. Why did that almost sound like a country song? Go right. over to the folks' house. Going to have me some turkey. <laughs> We're actually yeah. doing something we've never done. We're actually having deep fried turkey this year. It's good. If yeah. if you guys pull it off and don't burn the house down and all that stuff, it's I believe totally it's uh, good. it's being ordered from somewhere. So Oh, that makes that makes the fun go away, but the deliciousness <laughs> right? will still be there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's so funny. And I know John, y'all are having a the party of the year. And I've yeah. been uh I've I've technically been invited. Uh I it wasn't me. I think yesterday your wife your wife yeah, uh, sent a message to my wife. We're not going to do it. That's an your original wife. bit. We your just wife. hang up. We just she hang invited, it up. It, she invited your your wife too. Well, she invited us. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, and and then of course we just got to make sure we're not going out of town. So she messaged uh, me and told me I could be your plus one. So that's nice. Who did what? I I kid. What happened? No. <laughs> and I think it's funny. I don't know if you know this. I'm going to totally say this on air right now. There say was it, an, baby. there was another invitee <clears throat> that I know for a fact is going to be in a different state. Has he rescinded his acceptance? Well, Dalton? Yeah. Yeah. He better. Cuz y'all got to order meat and stuff. That's a whole plate of food. Meet in three. So I think I think Casey's joining us. I'm out. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, Chris, you know Cameron. He might be joining us. Whoa, Don Draper's going to be in the house. My friend Adam. Yeah, that's cool. No? <laughs> we joke, uh, for those at home, his, his buddy <laughs> looks like a short version of Don Draper. Like, has the style down to a T. Yeah. Drinks, uh, drinks uh, what are those things called? Old, Old fashions? fashions. Yeah. <laughs> I've been there. I've been there at a, a bar where I've watched him drink an old fashioned. I was like, <clears throat> Yeah. Give me Could you time. not stand up if you were sitting down, Chris? Pretty much. Gotta... He does have a little bit of a chubby for Cameron every once in a while. <laughs> I, I see it. You don't often get a <clears throat> from Chris in describing somebody. Uh, Chris, I got a question for you. And John, you, you've mentioned you've played this game too. And Mm-hmm. And I think everyone needs to know that I need to know the answer to this. Why did I not play Age of Empires back in the day? I don't know. Uh, what What's the why? What was I doing? Did you in not? What year? Huh? Did you not have a personal PC in the late '90s to early 2000s? That might have been why. <clears throat> you know what? That could be the main why. Mm-hmm. But I did so, and I brought this up, and I've brought this up before. I played Roller Coaster Tycoon. I think mm-hmm. I had a Gateway PC. You know the ones that came in the cow boxes. I used to love those things. Those were great. 
Yeah, they were. Their branding was awesome. Yeah, they knew their marketing, branding, everything. That was the first time I ran my credit score and got a PC shipped to me, and I was on cloud nine. It was that was great. my first PC as well. My mother hated those. Are things. we bonding right now? <laughs> we might be bonding. So maybe that's it. But, dude, uh, John, I think you need to start playing with us. It's it's great. Well, you guys would absolutely destroy me. I'm not very good at it. I'm not either. Dude, it's I'm really dumb fun. as a brick. <laughs> to be fair, we get dominated by the AI all the time. So yeah. we yeah. started. We start. We 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 started playing. Chris and Josh, very good at it. They were kind of letting me learn the ropes, and they were setting the AI very low. We would win. It was almost too easy. Mm-hmm. Recently, we've escalated that to a upper echelon AI, and they are re- cutthroat, bro. Like the efficiency, of course it's AI, but the efficiency in which they work and the plan and everything they do, we don't know how we're going to beat them, but we are determined to beat them. Like it's, (laughs) it has to happen, but it's tough. And like Chris joked today, Chris and I, in this last time we played, Chris is set up kind of right next to me. And uh, at one point I'm getting just annihilated. And Chris goes, Hey, (laughs) Don't resign yet. I'm building stuff. Because <laughs> I was like, you're lost. As soon as I resign, they're gonna go to him. Yeah. It was a smart play. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that game, it's so fun. Um, I can't. Be- I I'm blown away. I I can't believe you played it back in the day, John. Chris played it back in the day. We never actually played it together, and now it's it's all I want to play. And apparently, what? Age of Empires Four, which is a newer release, mm-hmm. not getting the worst reviews ever. Like it's it's not, but it's just not Age of Empires two. Well, I just to be fair, I have I did not play it back in the day. I got uh, my friend Justin, who you've you guys have heard about, um, got me into it at the start of the pandemic. Oh, okay. That's when I really he he had it on Steam and I had it on Game Pass, and he was like, "Hey, you want to play AOE 2? And I was like, "What the f is that?" <laughs> <laughs> so I've learned how to play it through him. Um, yeah. And he's pretty, I mean, he's pretty good at it. He's probably at Josh's level. So well, here's the deal. And I don't, you know, I hate doing, you'll find out. Or I hate I don't doing, know how, Chris, if you're that good. So I, yes, Chris could be destroy. I think he could destroy Josh right now. Okay. I, really I didn't mean do. that as a slight, my friend. No, I know. And I, I just wanted to kind of update your, your memory banks for the next time we have to give Chris a compliment and we hate doing that. Yeah. And I'm um, never playing Chris in AOE. Yeah. Dude, he's really he's really efficient at it, but they're doing things, and, and this is kind of what you need to do. They're reading up on strategies. Mm-hmm. I learned right before the show, Chris, something called a castle strategy. Yeah, fast you castle. Get a castle. Fast castle, and you get a castle in 17 minutes. Yeah. I started reading it, dude. You're yeah. just pumping out villagers. It's it, a it's, it's a thing. It's those a kind of games are my thing, Like, and I don't mind going and reading on like how they do it because, it to me, those games are analytics. Like, that is a great oh, no. strategy topic time. Let's go. Yeah. I'm out. For me, it's a great, <laughs> Oh no, it's a great Speaking exercise. Of analytics. <laughs> like it's a great exercise to figure out like how to do things based on the, the, uh, the culture you're playing as right. And knowing what they do efficiently well and how to maximize that to basically get you into a place where no one can mess with you. And then apparently when you get to that point, the last time you play, Sean's dying and I'm like, oh, oh, it's okay. I got this. And I turn around. There's like 900 ships in my harbor. And he does over. not got this. Yeah, it's over. <laughs> I'm talking about, dude, the way we get destroyed, it's almost entertaining. It, yeah, almost, that's the most entertaining. Watching it. Yeah. yeah. 
It's, it's quite, you know, because it is not, it, it is true. You know, uh, you feel like the Aztecs or the Mayans when the uh, Spanish arrived, that's about You're the like, equivalent. Ah, the well, moon God save us. And yeah. there's no moon God. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I let a pivot in real quick about video games. I let Chris know today. Uh, he no longer has any interest in the new egg shuffle, but I said, Hey, go in and try to get an Xbox when it pops up. Cause I'm still trying to get my series X. John, are you still trying to get your series X actively or just, if it happens, it happens. Um, not actively, but right. I, I, I guess I want one. Um, but performance wise, I mean, you know, playing the topic over the past week, I haven't really, I haven't really said, gosh, I wish I had an X. Hmm. I don't know. I, I performance have. wise, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's but I don't think performance wise that you're right. I don't think that's why I think it's, Something else, and I don't quite know how to finger it. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, but I will tell you, John, if you want, um, Chris is going to do that solid for us. Um, if you want, I'm I'm a, I'm a part of these like Twitter and Discord notifications that are starting to pop off as we get closer to the Black Fridays, you know, the sales and all the things. It appears the restockings happening today, as a matter of fact, on recording day, Microsoft had some halo editions on official microsoft.com or xbox.com so it's it's getting to where we could possibly for real for real get one and i'll keep you on my list if you want just to kind of pass it along just to give you the option yeah yeah you're down with that yeah i think so i mean they were they were they were dropping the master chief bundle in certain best buys but the closest one to us is savannah or yeah. Augusta. It was like when I saw the ones that were for Georgia, I was like, why is Atlanta not included in this? Yeah, at all? exactly. Yeah, that's. <laughs> it was like Savannah. Well, guys, I looked at the state of Alabama because that's where I lived and mine was also not close, not even like Birmingham close. So, like Huntsville? Uh, um, Alabaster, I think, or something. It was weird. Alabaster. I'm like, yeah. Weird. Um, did you guys catch any uh, any new shows or movies this week? John, what you got, buddy? I uh, went to Lawrenceville, Georgia. What? Thursday night. This is a uh, new movie. <laughs> this is. Uh, but this, this is cool. Where, this is where BK lives up in Gwinnett County. Yeah. And he and I and his his wife. His wife. We went to yeah, see. That's, that's how you do it, we went to see the um, the one night showing of Rocky Four. Yeah, Rocky you did. Versus Drago, the ultimate director's cut. <laughs> Have you ever seen that version prior to this? No, this is brand new. Oh, this it's brand, is, I, I'm, yeah. yeah. Very so cool. We, we just figured we were going. Yeah, Chris. Did they do a remaster of the robot for Polly? Like, was it like 2021 quality of happy birthday, Polly? They took the robot out. I don't want to watch this film now. Yeah. I mean, Stallone, Stallone has always talked about how he regretted at least on, on one layer, having that robot in, it just made it just, he said it's the quintessential eighties movie mm-hmm. because he, because he was wrapped up in the eighties and you know, there's a great documentary on YouTube. It's free to watch. It's like a, it's a 90 minute uh, documentary about the making of the director's cut. And it's just basically it's filmed with an iPhone um, just an interview with Stallone while he's in the cutting room, the editing room, talking about the type of film he would make um, with Rocky for 
today as opposed to, you know, 36 years ago. But, um, you know, when you watch that movie as entertaining as it is, mm-hmm. basically if you blink, all of a sudden you're at the final fight. It seems that every scene is just simply designed to get you there. Um, and in this, and in this new, and in this new cut, it's pretty much the same length, but it, it emphasizes more character interaction. There's more scenes with Adrian and Rocky. There's more scenes with Apollo Creed, um, less scenes with Polly, although he has important scenes. Yeah. You know, I, I, I noticed that was, that was pretty glaring. And then, you know, what we didn't know going into it because the ticket on the ticket, it said runtime is two hours. So we were like, Oh man, they've turned this into a two hour movie. But at eight o'clock across the, across the entire U S they did a live broadcast with, um, who's the guy, the guy that does the AMC movie classics used to be on the young Turks as well. You know, that guy horn rim glasses. He always introduces the movies on American movie classics or turning classic movies. Anyway, he's interviewing Salone in front of a live audience, just talking about the film. So that was a treat. Wasn't expected, but we got to see Stallone on stage live talking about what his vision of this film was. So, I mean, if you know, it's, it's, it's now, it was only a, it was a one night thing, but it's all, it's on digital. Um, and I think it, I think it does a lot better, um, humanizing Drago, Hmm. um, and making this more of a character film as opposed to um, a big '80s action film, it still has all that. It's still, you know, it's it has got that awesome fight at the end. But it was it was well worth um, it was well worth the trip. Hadn't seen BK since before the pandemic started, so it was good to see him. I've seen him on his social media, and it's yeah. Imagine did you give him a big hug from us, or just from you, or um, I didn't just hug him for you guys. I did true. Know. That's what that's what's up. Did a whole that's lot of mo. A whole lot of mode in that. Uh, yeah, BK, if you happen to listen to this show, what's up, man? It's uh, it's it's good to to hear you're doing good. And I didn't, I never knew this about that movie that Stallone literally almost died. Or yeah, something. he got like really hurt in that movie. Yeah, he. You can actually see the, the the point where Drago punches. He punches him in the chest, and he next thing he knows, he's on a low altitude flight to the nearest hospital um, with none surrounding him. <laughs> I mean, he was, he was in intensive care for, for a few weeks, you know, it's crazy. You imagine if that would have been it. Oh man. It's been, it's been almost it for him. A lot of times, like in the expendables, he broke his neck. Yeah. The guy there'd, be no, there'd be no expendables. If he had died back then, we would it. have never gotten the three seashells. And that is just a gift that keeps on giving along with the taco but, bell wars. Or fast what, food he in or high what? school high or something like that. Uh, um, Demolition Man is that what you're talking about? He was no. in Spy Kids. Spy Kids or right. some yeah something like that. Spy I mean, and, he, too, and then he wouldn't have almost won the Best Supporting Actor award. Should have should have won. Yeah. <laughs> won but it? I love that you did that, and that is such a John thing. I love it. Chris, did you watch anything? Yeah, I think I watched the thing you also watched. Uh, Shang Chi finally i did yeah that was i was gonna bring that up at all but yeah i'm glad you did bring Mm -hmm. that up i watched it um and stuff yeah i right now i I totally wanted to do the hotel california lyrics as a spoof and i i drew a (laughs) blank i drew a complete blank it was it was good movie man we we you you had uh hinted excuse me 
that the movie up until a point was was actually pretty solid, mm-hmm. and then towards kind of the back half of the movie, the the I was gonna say crescendo, but like the the point where the hype is happening, it's kind of like uh, loosely rooted, and you almost don't care. Yeah, uh, I really love the first half of that movie. Um, like there are two fight scenes that I was it was giving me that nineties throwback of Jackie Chan movies right of like even like especially the first one where it doesn't even feel like he wants to fight he's just reacting the way Jackie Chan would do you know yeah Um, but they did it in a Marvel way which is really cool I thought but like yeah unfortunately like the back half of it um it it gets to a point without getting spoiled where it becomes it very quickly becomes a Marvel movie is what I would say and I didn't really enjoy the last act of it, but you know, there's still entertaining moments throughout. Yeah. It's still a must watch, especially if you have Disney plus, I think Um, and you're a Marvel fan, which Chris challenged me in this past week and said that I'm not, which was, it was hurtful and mean and unsolicited. I would say, um, dude, what's his name? Tommy Luau. I can't remember. He's, he was in hero. That's the only other thing I know him from. Uh, he is really good in that movie as the, uh, dad. Um, he's he steals the show for me like that's probably the most that was one of the most interesting villains like or whatever you know to go on since and a nice twist for sure since like killmonger for me like that marvel's done but but and i uh, do we even mention the other movie you said drew drew comparisons from or is that too spoilery which movie it was a dc movie you said the ending of that movie reminded you reminded of Oh, I mean, yeah, it, it it reminded me a bit of the end of Batman v Superman, which had lost me long before the ending. Um, but just like it was just like, huh, OK, that's happening. And <laughs> it was just when did you see it, John? No, okay. no I haven't watched it yet. I mm. kept meaning to, but it's it's oh, I, I'm interested to see your thoughts. And then when you watch it, we'll talk about. Let's see if you draw parallels to that as well. Punkhead remember last it. week? Punkhead huh? noticed it like after I watched it, uh, he noticed and hit me and he's like, I see you're watching Crouching Tiger now. And I was like, yeah. How so did he it, know that? He has ways. We have ways. We're friends. I don't I don't want to have those ways with Punkhead. <laughs> I'll, I'll. Do you remember last week, guys, when uh, in our chat, if someone was a first-time chat, mm-hmm. maybe not a first-time viewer, it highlights it now, and we have a new one this week. Uh, Dictator Tara. Tara, we're just gonna call you Tara. Um, and 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 yeah, you said uh, your first chat to us was gonna say Xbox presentation was an interesting ten minutes. We definitely are gonna talk about that coming up soon. And apparently, there's a new Spider-Man trailer tonight, and we are we hyped yeah. up for it. Yeah, it's out at eight, I believe. It's out at eight o'clock. We should hopefully be possibly done with recording. By then, maybe, maybe ish. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> uh, and uh, Kato finally caught a stream. So, what's up, Kato? Oh, you were also Kato was a first time chat. I love that, dude. We get. I love that they highlight that, so we can highlight that. And welcome to the recording on Twitch.tv. He joined our um, Discord recently. Yeah, he did, which yeah. was very cool. Another movie I watched, uh, and I'll hit it real quick because I know we want to get onto the topic. I watched Red Notice, which was a star-studded movie on Netflix. And hmm. if you pull up the Rotten Tomatoes right now, you're going to think, Ugh. but look right next to it where the audience gives it like it's, it's complete 
I don't know if dichotomy is the right word, John, but it's once it's a rotten tomato from a critic's point of view. Audience score, it's almost a hundred. So I tend to kind of go maybe in the middle when I see a big, uh, you know, despairing like thing in front of you like that. No, let's go with the public. So it's Godfather, Red Notice. Those are the two. Everything oh, well. else. <laughs> <laughs> everything red, else red notice was oh, i enjoyed it i i liked it a lot i did not take it serious and mm-hmm. maybe that helped me i i i enjoyed the comedy in it i think ryan reynolds is funny i think the rock and ryan reynolds together and uh yeah it, it was a great it, it had a great twist to it um i did enjoy the joke that ryan reynolds and will ferrell played on kimmel and yes. Fallon this week you want to highlight for, what that is real quick yeah so will ferrell was supposed to be on the tonight show ryan reynolds was supposed to be on kimmel's show uh i i can't remember what will was promoting he's got something i think he's in an apple tv show but they they completely did not tell them and they went to the opposite shows so you know Jimmy's like, Will Ferrell out walks and Ryan Reynolds. And he's like, yeah, Will's running late. And by late, I mean, he's not coming. Um, he's like in pajamas. <laughs> and they just conduct the interviews as, as is. He's asking about, you know, Will's family to him. And, you know, it, it, it was great. It was, it was quite interesting to watch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we ended up watching both of them that same day mm. on how they both did it for each other. It was, it was pure comedy. And, and the host, I think the host really didn't expect it. They no. were really throwing a curveball and they went with it. So it was fun. But I, I got to tell you, I have no interest in watching the Apple miniseries thing that Will Ferrell's in, like at all. Do it's you? with the, I don't know, it's with Paul Rudd. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it, you, you immediately think possible like quality behind the, the project, but I haven't Sexiest seen Man Alive, Paul Rudd. That's right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's right. So, um, but yeah, about time. It, it's about time they got it's about, that right. Dude, it's about time. Uh, Gal Gadot also stars in that movie, and she is, I got to mm. tell you guys, she's at a point in her career where she's just pretty much B.A. Mm. I think uh, not only does she look good, she mm. she can she can really fight. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, if you haven't checked it out and you have Netflix, it's like trending at number one. Check it out for the fun watch, not for the serious watch. Um, anything else, boys? Good. We're good to go. We're good. We're good to go. What an intro. Thank you for joining us. Uh, on Twitch if you did and if you haven't heard this at all because you have fast forwarded to the topic which is about to happen you don't even know that I just said that let that sink in all right Chris do your thing buddy Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the topic time. If you're on Twitch, you would have seen me dancing like my Nana, but you weren't here to see that. Maybe next time, right? Uh, yeah, whether or not you fast forwarded it all the way to here or you listen through the intro, no matter what, you are here. We appreciate you. This is where I shut up and I say to Chris, Chris, can you let the people know what the topic is for this week? And he does a thing. Chris? I, I do a lot of things. Um, the topic is <laughs> Forza Horizon 5. 
See, because you know, I I pump my fist. That's the other thing. Four. Oh, no. oh shoot! <laughs> oh no! No! Oh no! It was right there. It oh, was in Game no. Pass. <laughs> yeah, so here, John, I want you to start this review off because Chris is going to, dude, pelvic deep it. You hear me? Um, <laughs> I need you. You said something that was so funny. Do you remember what you said? What, was know, it when I texted text you? Something to the effect, say what you think I'm talking about. Do you remember? It basically talked about you knew what it was within the blank. Oh, I was I was pretty much hooked on it in two and a half minutes, which is about how long it takes. Yeah. What? Yeah. You know, it's not our fault. Again, don't be that good. It's your fault. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. What I said was two minutes is all you need <laughs> to know what this game is. And Hashtag Forza Horizon Five, <laughs> and it it's it's a man. It's, it's yeah. I'm I'm like, what is what am I? It's like you you're in a Ford Bronco and you get dropped out of the back of a plane. <laughs> I'm like, this doesn't seem. Oh wow! Yeah. And you're yeah. just you're already you're yeah, already in cool. it. I just love how I don't I don't think that that's how they introduced four. Yeah, that's usually well. I'd not not, ask not, you, Chris. not going not down point. a volcano, <laughs> yeah. but they generally that's what they do. They drop you out into different yeah. types of like An basically. Airplane? I don't remember that in four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what was one. it? Remind me. Uh, four was London, but I mean they just or not London, London but right? England. But you know they England. just they no, dropped it was Australia. No, it that was, was England. Three. I do remember it was England. Yeah, that, the last one I played was three. Yeah, I don't know if you played four. I don't think I played four. I lied on four so many occasions. Great. Yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, that's generally how they do. They drop you out various cars at locations to kind of say like, look, you can do street racing. You can drive across the country. You can do dirt racing, you know, kind of showing you what is this map? What, what are you about to go through? Um, so when we're talking about this game, guys, can you guys explain to me how to drive a car? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, part of me, you know, it's real funny. And Chris, you may have a completely different experience. In its heart, Forza, in this edition of Forza, it's centered around racing. You're the star of the Horizon Festival mm-hmm. this year. In this iteration, you're in Mexico. And your job as a star driver is to do things to expand the event, right? And in doing those things, a lot of it has to do with obviously being in a car, whatever car you want, depending on the circumstance. Pretty much. I found that to be... Maybe it's my lack of driving or my skill set on this kind of racing game, but I found my controller, I kind of wanted a better something because I was hitting, dude, you talking about gathering wreckage during a wreck, uh, like a race, just hitting trees and guardrails and speed signs. I'm all over the place, dude. What about you guys? You need like little bumpers on the side. Like, <laughs> what was that? What was that? What's that feature you can do in Mario Kart where you've got that little antenna in the back and it keeps you. It keeps you in inside the lines. Easy mode. You don't know me neither. I was That's just called easy mode. You can never talk about Chris's easy mode again if you know that. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, but that's also one of the fun parts about this, like compared to like traditional Forza, because that's such just straight up for the most part motorsport racing, right? Like here, it's not always the end all be all when you drift a little bit out, especially depending on the type of race you're doing. And sometimes it's like encouraged, right? Like 
yeah, it's okay that you went just a little bit outside the line because you still took that corner really well and it's giving you a shot to, you know, go overtake the, uh, your competition. Um, but, but Chris, you say go, go a little bit outside the line. What if you go off road off of a bridge? That's what the Y button's for, John. Rewind is your friend. Yeah, Chris, let me know right away yeah. why yeah. button's your friend. Uh, and I spam that thing, and I have no shame. Because, yeah. you know, to me, it's a learning process. Like, that's the fun part is, you know, these cars, they do handle differently. It's not like to a level of real – well, you could take it to a level of realism that you get in motorsport if you want to crank up that difficulty and turn off all the assist. But for the most part, like, you do realize, like, yeah, there's a big difference when you're in a Bronco swerving on a dirt road, right? Mm-hmm. Versus like if you were to be in a McLaren trying to do the same thing, and it's just not going to handle that corner well. So you have to figure out, okay, how do I adjust how I approach these turns to to do the best you need to? And really the way you adjust is you don't get into the McLaren on a dirt road. <laughs> you save that for the, yeah, for the highways. You, you, so, so when you enter these events, right? Um, because that's what you kind of got to do to get to get going to expand your your horizon event, if you will. Pay attention to the recommended cars that you've accumulated or that they say use for the event. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you're doing a straight away, they got this like they got a cool event where you have to just go as fast as you can, and there's like this speed thing that catches you. You know, you save the Lamborghini for that. Don't rock that out in the dirt track because yeah, that's gonna be fun if you do, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and and I, Chris, I don't remember the big the big jump. You played four and three. You played three with me, and then you played four pretty much by yourself. Mm-hmm. Moving into five, how has the the game progressed from a standpoint of what I just mentioned? So much to do. Like there is so much to yeah. do in this game. Yeah, over the last couple of years with four, they've just been adding all sorts of types of features, you know, to it, especially online stuff like to go do right. And this, you know, while there's always been dirt racing, cross country racing, uh, circuit racing and street racing, like now you have like, you know, there's a bow Royale in this one. If you want to go do that with the eliminator, there's the horizons where you can just get out there and, um, you know, get in a community of like 10 people and you're kind of working together to achieve objectives, like race to this point in this amount of time and then do X yeah. amount of tricks there to you know move it and the more you're doing this it's giving you tons of experience working together right like you're not necessarily racing to beat someone you're racing to have fun uh and just see how much chaos you can make there's like series seven races which are i believe are community built races that you know people can go and compete in and and have fun uh and just tons of custom track making that people can do where you could take what they've put in the game, right? The standard, what the track is, and they can figure out how to alter it to make it different, you know, and just tons of replayability, you know, and, and it does. That's and why that careful. community plays it. The first time you play a track, mm-hmm. uh, I found that some of those user tracks load up right next to it. Make sure if you're a new player, first of all, I want to say this is, and I played three coming to five. This is a great place to start. Even if this is your first Forza. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Chris said, it's built up now to have this thing where three and four were so good and it got better and better. Now you have the baby, the child, if you will, of those. And it's got all the it's got all the things. It's so it's so good. It's it's like a uh, 
um, is very euphoric to mm-hmm. play, especially on certain races with the types of music and, and the scenery that you're seeing as you race. It's challenging. Um, I found myself uh, playing different races and you're going against what they call drive I think is that's Correct. how you say it. So what you'll see your friends, they're not really there, but I'll see like Chris's avatar or John's avatar. Um, and I'm constantly wanting to beat that, even though they're not there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like Chris said, the learning curve on a race, let's say that you, there's a couple of turns you can't quite master. So you finish fourth that you immediately want to start it back up and go, okay, I can do this. And that's well, the first that's time that happened cool. for me, I thought you guys jumped into my game. <laughs> <laughs> that's so. I was like, I was yeah. like, I can't screw up. I gotta look good. I gotta look. Good. <laughs> You're like, I'm beating Chris. Look at me. I'm the greatest racer. I did not beat you. Oh, did I, I, beat I, you? I will say that. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm not good. I am no. not well, good at this. Would, John, would you agree with this? If our racing games generally, if we're playing a racing game, we like Mario Kart. Yes. The way we play Mario Kart, the sliding mechanism, the the everything about Mario Kart we love in a racer. Yeah. I found myself when I was doing slides, trying to do a click, click, click to do it a power. Work it, it, well. don't, it, it don't be working. It Forza. can. I mean, you have to. It's a different feel, but yeah. it is not. It is not that kind of drift. Yeah, not and and all. while Chris said Chris said it, uh, if you want the more, and in a way he's he's absolutely right, but in a way if you still want the fine tuning of your automobile, this game still has that too. So if you're comparing Forza versus horizon, it, yeah, it's more, this is more, I said this earlier and I know this isn't correct, but it's more better. There's more funner. Let me let, I'm going to let Burgess out. one sec. If Forza, you have your tuxedo on horizon, you kind of unbutton your tie and you're chilling. You're having a little bit of fun. The best description I think I've, I've heard of the difference. Um, I think it was Ryan McCaffrey over IGN back in the day said, you know, Forza is just straight up racing. That's it. You know, like you race and you look at cars very close in detail and that's, that's about it. But you know, Forza horizon is just about the joys of driving, you know, and there's racing in there too, right? Like I could sit there and, in this map, I could put myself in the uppermost western corner of the map, right? And go, I'm going to drive up this volcano and, you know, be in my Jeep and just slide on these turns and have the blast of that and then come flying down the mountain, ignore all the roads and just see how crazy the jumps get, you know, hightail it over to the far side of the map and then just go full speed down the beach, right? And having a blast the whole entire time. And I can watch the sunset and watch storms come in and, you know, dust storms when I'm in the desert and all that kind of stuff. And it's just, it's a joy because you don't have to go race unless you want to. And you really only have to do the races you want to do. Like, I don't enjoy doing the circuit racing, which is like the blue icons on there, right? I enjoy the cross country. I, I enjoy dirt racing. I've actually really gotten to the street races this time. I was very surprised how much those were. And that's what I like about it. Like I could spend an hour just going, let me go to all these danger signs and see if I can make these huge jumps and, and figure those out. Those are, dude, yeah. Yeah. dude, does your, um, I, for lack of a better word, let's just call it your balloon knot. When you jump off of a cliff, does that thing not tighten up? It does. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I don't know how to explain it, but it has to do with how stunning 
um, the game looks. And mm-hmm. and and you heard us say, and just for you know to rehash it, so you kind of know where we're coming from. John and I played it both on our Xbox Series S's. I also played it on my PC. Chris, what did you play it on? PC and Xbox Series X. Series X, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretentious, pretentious, pretentious. But yeah, it, <laughs> and on all three of those, I don't think we had any kind of issues with the no. game at all. I never once. If had anything, I was and and I have what I I really kind of call, and this is when I built it too, more of a mid tier gaming PC ish. Mm-hmm. This game looked like a million. <clears throat> bucks on my pc and it ran like a million bucks yeah. on my pc when i played on series x i put it on performance mode and that looked nice and when i went over to the pc the pc has ray tracing and i put that thing to max and i was still getting you know usually on average 80 frames in that game with its ray tracing especially like when it's just rained looks beautiful uh yeah you know and you you, you brought up the weather twice and i mm-hmm. read this either today or yesterday, and I did not know this. Uh, of course, the venue for this, Chris said it earlier, or, or John did, it's in Mexico. It, and that's, to me, a match made in heaven for a Horizon game. I mean, it's so many different landscapes. That country is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but they introduced, is was it this one, where it's a, a real weather tracker? Yeah, there, explain on that? there have been storms or whatever, that will pop up in previous ones, but like the last, the last game was about seasons and like every couple of days they would cycle and you, and I think they're still doing it this year, but they're going to make the seasons longer than I can just consistently cycle between them every two or three days. Um, but like here, I think what's like interesting, some of the races, right. You can be starting say right at right before dawn. And there's fog everywhere. And the road is kind of saturated wet from the fog, right? Yeah. And as you take off, like in like you'll be in a street race, as you take off, you feel the difference. Like you, you know, you have to compensate that your car is not going to turn quite as tight as it would. But then as you get progressing in the race and like you go from these hilly farmlands and closer maybe to the desert towards the end of the race, and the sun is rising, all of a sudden that road dries up. And you feel it. You feel like your car just got 10 times more control and you can gun it a little bit harder and a little bit, you know, you don't have to brake quite as soon before you change it. But you'll have like that. You'll have races where, you know, you're going and you do have that tight control. And all of a sudden here comes a huge storm and all of a sudden visibility is down. You know, all of a sudden you again, you're not controlling well uh, and you're dealing with that. Or, of course, the hardest one, I think, is the dust storm in the desert because it's tough. Yeah. The game takes you early on. It takes you through a dust storm so it can show that off. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you can kind of see, and you're not in a racing environment, but you can see how tough that is to kind of navigate through. Um, it's pretty sick. I got to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, aside from being like, I don't know, gorgeous. The game has amazing. I'm not talking about the music, but the way the car sound, the tire sound, it really is a racing game, mm-hmm. even though they're marketing it and it's kind of, hey, this is a nice, pretty game, and we're in pretty Mexico. They they did they didn't leave that kind of stuff out, and they always kind of do that with these Forza games, man. Yeah, it's great. It, remind, it reminds me of um, if Far Cry were a racing game. <laughs> I don't know. I can't. It's because like it's, it's so yeah. It's open world. Saying. I feel like I'm in a. I just happen to be a car in an open world game, um, but. 
But Chris, I, I, question for you and Sean, if you know this too, uh, is the secret to getting better on sharp turns and things like that, is the secret, aside from get good, because I know you're going to want to say it at some point, right? is it tuning your cars? Is it is it getting things to improve with your traction and your... It, it, can't, it can be, but you still have to have a natural feel of when to brake. Yeah. on sharp curbs and and feel the flow of the race. Yeah, I'm com- now, that's the thing I'm so Sean far Arnhart in this pace, game. I'm so. com- I am completely inept at this stuff right now. You just come around a corner, boof. <laughs> I mean, I think I feel like I get I, once I get a sense for something, it's like yeah. I lose it. At it's, the, and it's just it's, it can be frustrating. It's learning what cars are meant to do. Like and yeah. that it, that just takes time. Like for instance, if you want to do dirt racing, my, my suggestion, go get the Jeep trail cat. It's not a very expensive thing because even if you tune that thing up, I guarantee you this, it's a, it's got like a 10.0 rating on its off-road ability, which means you can just slide on dirt with never having to slow down once and it is the greatest feeling ever That's versus good. like if you're in a Lamborghini doing a street race, you have to learn like the way those cars work is they can't really slide as well unless you really tune it that way. And you, but you have great braking, like compared to if I'm in the Jeep and I'm on a regular road, I have to really compensate and start braking very early versus like a Lamborghini. I can just right before I get to the turn, hold it down for like three seconds and I will slow down enough to take that turn. And, you know, but it just, I guess what it, I mean, I can do that too, but it just mm. seems like every car you're racing, they're not doing that. They're just going whoop. They're just turning. Big deal. And, and it's like, it's like it's it's like I slow down and they mm. just keep zooming. It's like I, it's impossible. Like I'm playing it. Like you know that time when you when you're playing a game and you keep dying or whatever, and it goes. Would you like to try lower difficulty? I went. Yes. <laughs> As a man, I am a that's novice. One of the that- I will be a novice now, and I started owning it. <laughs> I started, yeah. I started winning every every race, but as soon as I went up one difficulty level, last place every time. Yeah, I, I feel you on that because it does. I like that it does that, right? Where it's like after you start winning at a level, it will consistently come back and be like, we noticed you're kicking butt right now. Would you like to go higher? And I've I, I've been there, John. You know, I'm probably a higher tier than you, sure. But I've hit yeah. that level like where all of a sudden, man, unless I tune my car to like the top specs for that class – and I am hitting the line perfectly. This is going to be a really hard struggle for me to win. And, you know, sometimes I want that challenge, but the cool thing about it, I can just go right back in settings and go, you know what? I am fine dominating these fools. Still fun. I just want to have fun. <laughs> yeah. It's still yeah. fun. There's something, there's something. There's, 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 yeah. Go ahead, Sean, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Buzz. I mean, there's something, there's something about going down a long straight stretch of road mm. at 240 miles per hour yeah. in that Corvette. <laughs> it's like, man, I'm not racing. I'm just going, you know, I'm just zooming around the world. <laughs> Dude, there was and, a, one of those speed traps and, yeah, and one of you guys on my list had got to like two hundred and something miles per hour on this particular <laughs> speed trap. When I first went there, I was like at ninety seven. Yeah, and so I got the star that you get for entry level, and I was yeah. like, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> I spent probably an hour and a half just, just trying setting to it. up and boom, boom. One time I was going so fast I couldn't stop. I went off a mountain, and the car flipped, and it reset me. <laughs> it was the scariest and funnest thing I did. Yeah. You know, it was so fun. And for a little while, John, 
I don't even count Chris because he he started playing this game before us. He got mm-hmm. early access to it, which he deserves. He he's got the stuff set up to do that. But you had discovered more roads than me, and I was not okay with that. <laughs> I got to go find some roads. And you brought up a good point about you're a, in an open world game with a car. Part of me would it would it be too much if do you think they could pull it off because it's such a good racing game. Some of those times it's just hop out the car and then you become your avatar doing stuff. They do that. Okay, not just like that, but there are uh stories within it. And they're they're like let's just get this clear. They're not like, you know, no, yeah. We're not going Godfather storytelling here. They're just like no, kind they're of They're still good though. Yeah, like there's one where um you're kind of filling in for a movie star where the director wants the movie star to do the stunts for the driving in this movie, but you're, you look like him, they say, so you're trying to trick everyone. Yeah. Or her. Yes. Uh, there's, there's another one that kind of goes over the, a legend, uh, about a statue in Mexico and, um, you know, just like a street racing scene, one that feels very much like it's kind of in the vein of, I guess, fast and furious without the criminality and all that, but old school fast and furious, you know, but like those parts, you actually do get to see your character out. But yeah, obviously it would be cool if like you could actually just get out and walk around and talk to people all the time. <laughs> the next one they do needs to be in Montana. And there's like a, there's a religious cult and uh, which has, which has very little to do with what you're doing. They're just there. Mm-hmm. They're running around shooting each other. <laughs> it's like, all right. Waving the Bible, waving the Bible at you as you drive by. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I mean, the, the game is the way I've played it. I haven't, I can't say that I've played it more than an hour at a time. I, I play it That's in small right. bursts. Like I'll watch an episode of the office and then I'll just jump on and play Forza for 30 minutes. So I have absolutely no idea total runtime, how much I've played because I played in small bursts. Yeah, um, but I'm it's, very but it's a, but it's a perfect game for that. It's just it's a perfect great. game to jump you can, in. You and can just, bite. You can eat the whole thing if you want, or yeah. just take a nibble of it and put it back in the little box and come back later. Yeah, I've been I've it. been grazing and I've been calling it Forza Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> One of my so it, it, this can differ depending on how you <laughs> unlock your Horizon main stage expansions. But my favorite one uh, was, and I, I don't know the full name of it, but it was the Lunar Festival. That was mm-hmm. so cool. You were driving around the float. And oh yeah, coming up the PR partying at night, and they party all night, and, and listening to the dialogue and knowing what it is, and you're thinking it'd be cool if this would go like 180 miles an hour. Well, <laughs> turns out <laughs> it'd be cool if it flew off the side of a mountain, right? <laughs> yeah, turns out you're gonna, and that was one of those moments where you're going off the mountain, and it was epic. But yeah, there's a there's I mean there's a ton of stuff out there if if you if you were kind of wondering what events or or festival type things forza has within the game you want to if i don't want to call it a spoiler but if you just kind of want to see how much is out there it's it's definitely out there because this game mm. it's 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 listed as on um, as far as metacritic goes one of the biggest microsoft games i think at least of 2020 i think as it's, far as the score i think it's um, the highest reviewed game now of the year that like actually released for the first time this year and is like a major thing that has like you know 70 to 80 reviews or whatever out there like i think there's a couple higher but they're more of like little indie things and i don't know take that for what it is i'm sure they're good games as well 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chris made a Chris made an important an important point a couple of weeks ago. I think it was in on. I think we were just chatting through IM. He said mm-hmm. he said Microsoft is probably the publisher of the year this year because yeah, maybe. What, Psychonauts yeah. has a ninety one on Metacritic. This game has a ninety two on console and ninety one on PC. Um, I yeah. think I, I think they've had. I mean, and no telling. I mean. It, Halo will probably be in the high 80s at the very year, least, if not imagine. in the 90s. Yeah, you, you know so, the Metacritic is currently always adjusting. It just that's just what it does. But currently, yeah. Hades is sitting at a 93 hmm. for the current Xbox Series X games. Forza Five is at a 92. Yeah. At number three, just to give you a top three, the Microsoft Flight Simulator. 90. Yeah. Yeah, yeah which, have, which which came out on console, you said, Chris, this year? Yeah, so you had that, and they have Deathloop, because, I mean, even though it's mm. not on their console right now, yeah. that is them. Yeah, they, yeah you're right. Yeah, yeah. so right. they are. The idea that, I guess, Microsoft games doesn't, or Xbox games doesn't have quality stuff. Um, Another thing uh, I maybe want to point out. Maybe it's finally over. <laughs> that, that, listen, and, and deservedly so, PlayStation and that haptic feedback controller is amazing. It might be, other than the, the pure size of it, which I have decent size hands, this thing just feels like, you know what, in my hands. It's huge. It's huge in my hands. Um, and it's great. The one game, the uh, Astro game that came mm-hmm. with the X, uh, the PlayStation, it showed how the potential of this controller can be. It's perfect. The Xbox controller delivers this feedback as you're playing it's top notch. I mm-hmm. I know it doesn't get enough love, but the vibration and and the and the resistance that it provides you. I'm not sure if the Pro Edition controller that Chris has, sponsored by Xbox, in his house. Um, oh, I it's, love it. It's a good controller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. I mean, and it they just good. the nicest thing for me. They just updated it. Um, I don't know if they did with the regular ones, but now if I take my peasants, uh, if I have my elite, you can see here it's hooked up to the PC directly. If I just unplug this, it automatically syncs right back to my Xbox. I don't have to do anything. It's just, yeah. It's same with, yeah. Same with mine. Yeah. And I love it. You know, that's yeah. Just, I'm like, Oh, okay. I just go wherever I want with that. Do. So we, we've, we've gloated about how good it is. And we've said all these things. Do you have any negative thoughts, vibes, or maybe negative too strong of a word? I, I'll start it off. If you guys want to think about it. Mm-hmm. And this is a Sean thing directly. Um, it's also a positive. We mentioned when you, you know, you pull up your map, there is a ton to do. It is an open world game in a car mm. for Sean. That is, that is also one of the things where sometimes I can get a little overwhelmed because there's <laughs> so much to do. Yeah. I'll put a, I'll put a marker to do this and on the way I'll see, Oh, there's an XP, um, thing I can go run over and get some XP. And then all of a sudden I'm going East instead of West or North instead of South. So yeah. well, that's a good positive thing. It's also for me personally and my style, a negative thing. You guys got anything like that? Yeah, Sean, I agree with you in the sense that it being, you know, a Sean and, and John thing, because I guess that's part of the reason why I've played it in short bursts because it kind of gets overwhelming. It's like, it's like, you know, you have all these things and you're not, you're not sure you're, you're really not sure exactly how the nuts and bolts of everything are. I mean, you can play it on its surface and just have a great time and just go but that part of me wants to understand the tuning and that tuning 
it's like reading, it's like reading Cliff's notes on, on something. It's like, it goes yeah. down, it, it gives you a detailed, so you have to do what you have to study every car to get it the way you want it. And you have to do all this stuff. All these activities are different in their scope and they do different things and they're four different things. What's a credit versus, um, accolades versus experience points. There's just so much going There's on. A with lot. It. And well, Chris once I, told I, I, me if, if you play Forza, this is your game. So mm-hmm. maybe that's where it kind of goes yeah. from. I'm sorry, John, go ahead. Uh, Plus, in addition to all that stuff going on, having to worry about ha- having to stress about not being that good at it. Mm-hmm. All that all that come to, coming together makes it just, uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm loving something that I suck so hard at. <laughs> so, um, early on, I was very happy the cars didn't take major damage or at least show major damage. Ooh, I was jacking some cars up. Um, Sean, let's keep talking, and uh, even though Chris wants to say, something. yeah, I was going to say, John, I, I wanted, to, I wanted to give you a just a pro tip because you might have missed yeah. it because it doesn't highlight well. Um, when you're on that tune screen next time, look at the bottom. If you hit the, uh, I think it's the menu button, you can go into tune sets that people in the community have made, and you can just yeah. go through and see. Like it will automatically, you'll say like, hey. I want this, you know, like say it's an A-class vehicle, right? Your vehicle is an A763, and you're like, I want to go all the way to the top of the A-class, A100. You can just go through and scroll, and you can see very clearly what their tunes are going to change, like if it's going to reduce your braking ability or if it's going to change your launch and all that. You just Uh click it afterwards, and then it goes, okay, the upgrades cost this much to do. You hit it, boom, your car is tuned. Why so ma- I, I never do like personal. Boom. I don't do. Yeah. That. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Why are some of them locked at first? Um, I don't. Mm, I, I think there's a, so there's a tree on each car where you have to unlock things on the car. I'd okay. have to, I think they're locked behind that. I'd have to see it, John, to, to know. That's the only thing I can think of. Um, my complaints, I don't think, and this was a problem, I think in the last one too, they just, there's so much going on in this game. Um, that I don't know how you, you, uh, what's the word streamline it. Uh, the menu system can be a bit much and yeah. it is, yeah. I mean, like I remember I, I had this problem when I was playing horizon four and I came back after four months and I was like, wait, where do I go to like, cause I was in DLC and I was like, how do I get out of this DLC? And it took me a minute to figure it out. And mm-hmm. I could see a very similar problem here. The only art complaint I have is the PR events, which were so revolutionary in three and four outside of that first one, Sean described the other ones are kind of like retreads of ones they've done before. They're just doing something different with it and playing around with uh, it being in Mexico they're still fun to do, but I really wish there had been something new. And I guess it's just, you know, how many crazy things can you come up with? <laughs> yeah, I yeah guess. they probably run out of resources yeah, for real, or I mean, ideas, I should say. Yeah, but I mean, it's still it's still very fun. Uh, and it's minimalistic for me as far as they're uh, as far as the complaints. Yeah, Chris, do you they play are, the mainline games? The Forza, just the main Forza game. Do you play those? I've played them. I did not play six. I played five and four a good bit. Um, you know, and all the ones before, especially before Forza Horizon came out. But um, I mean, I think the only reason I would say now I'm going to get seven is just that, of course, it's going to be on Game Pass. So that would, mm. it's like, why not try it out? But 
Uh, yeah. I, but I wonder it's, the sustainability. I mean, obviously, people still want those pure racing games. Mm-hmm. That's how Gran Turismo survived on the PlayStation side. And Forza was the counter directly to Gran Turismo. Um, but I wonder, like, what if PlayStation made a Gran Turismo insert funny name and have fun game with the style and look of a of a Gran Turismo, but fun and their own spin on it, kind of like how Forza done? Or do you think Forza's got that locked up and Horizons, it's it's its own beast? I'm just I'm I, just thinking out loud here, you know. I feel in Forza Horizon seemed to take advantage of a of an opportunity, and now they kind of just own the the open world racing game. I mean, in general, it, it was like there was this period where Gran Turismo <laughs> was king and Forza was just trying to get their respect. Dude, and, I bought a steering wheel and pedals to play Gran Turismo back in the day. And it was, I think it was during PlayStation 3 and 360 era, right? Which was when the first Horizon came out. Do you understand how much, <laughs> like, I sat in a chair and push pedals to play a video. Now yeah. I understand there's a big racing community, but I had a bootleg setup. But um, like, wow, they're they just got to this point with Gran Turismo, and I I feel like maybe the main Forza team is getting to this point as we're seeing right now, where they start taking longer and longer between games. Mm-hmm. And in that period, you had two studios in Turn Ten and Playground Games taking this and going, we will work in, you know, we work in uh, conjunction with one another. We're doing independent different things with what our core tool set is. And they've, I think they own racing right now. Like I just, unless you're a PlayStation only guy, I don't know why you're going to Grand Turismo and what's offering you that's not here. And you're going to get so much more content on a routine basis that, you know, like I would guess, in 2024, we'll get another Horizon game, right? And probably next year, we'll get more Motorsport. So, <laughs> I don't know what you're doing if you're on the PlayStation side or who you're going to put in charge of that. <clears throat> True. True. Anything else you want to add or discuss or or what are y'all thinking? We can we can Richard this up. You are they? Is the table clear? Is this going down? Yeah, I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh lead us off there big big daddy yeah i've been going back and forth in my head all day um and i'll say this the one other knock there's not something that's truly revolutionary in this that i've seen but this is kind of like how nba 2k was a couple of years ago where i feel like i'm seeing a team truly at the height of their game, right? Like where they've figured it out, um, kind of like it, or like the MLB show team over there at PlayStation, they figured out how to make the perfect uh, thing of this tile game, this open world, not totally simulation racing. That's more open to everyone. And to say that's not a 10, I think it's just a disrespect to them and what they've done and how much work they've gone from, from the very first game, which showed promise to the second game, which really expanded upon things and, and so on. And yeah, I just, you know, just great job. And and I really hope the other side of uh, playground games that's working on fable is as talented as this bunch, because if it is, then man, oh man, are we in for a nice treat in a couple of years here, whenever we get that out. But 
seriously, if you have Game Pass, this is a no-brainer. Go check it out. Especially, also, we didn't really talk about this, this that much. Music in this is just always so fun because, you know, there's a ton of EDM stuff for different styles. There's Well, you brought it up, like, loosely. You know, you know. How about you hold on loosely, 38 Special? All right. Uh, that's Boston, by the way. Did you just challenge me live to what hold on loosely is? I think so. Maybe I'm wrong. I think you did, and you're going to lose points. It is 38 special, sir. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> DJ. But yeah, no. Um. <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah. I, I like the music, the driving experience, everything about it. I just love, and I love it too because it's a game where I cannot touch it for two months. <laughs> which of course, because of Microsoft and what they did yesterday, I probably won't, um, but, <laughs> but, but, it right back up but when I up. come back, I'm going to be like, ah, yes, this is why I love this game. Yeah. Uh, one of the, one of the knocks I had, I didn't bring up either. And I, cause I didn't know if it was me, but looking in chat, uh, our good pal Draven has it at a nine. Uh, it would be a 9.5 if the online didn't continually kick Draven off. Same for me. If I come back to this game as a resume feature, uh, I got a notification that I'm offline, try to reconnect, and it's annoying. You have to close down the app and reopen it, and generally it fixes itself. But that is a – it's annoying. Um, and and that, that didn't really hinder my overall score. I To me, uh, I still hold a Mario Kart game at a different level for me for racing fun. And and we can debate on that all. It's it's like what's the perfect song? What's the perfect book? What's the perfect movie? And you know, it really depends on what you think. And for me, the perfect racing game is a fun kind of experience that I get with Mario Kart. But Forza Horizon is is such a different racing game, but also it's so good. And like you said, I can also tell that the people that make this game, they're they're humming right now. They are in what like Michael Jordan used to describe as the zone and and they are put, uh, pumping out quality stuff that can't be ignored. And it is a must, you know, I don't want to say must buy, but if you have game pass, how do you not? Uh, I give it a nine as well. Nine. Uh, simply because of the things I just outlined and it's a solid game. It's, it's, it's fun and I can't wait to keep playing it and hopefully beat Chris in real life one day. <laughs> not gonna happen he says i'll give you 38 special <laughs> <laughs> well john I, I don't i don't know that uh now just because i say this does not mean that it will come anywhere close to my top five um just because it's such a different game than what i generally gravitate towards but you can absolutely tell, and I do agree with you, Sean. I've been, I get kicked offline. Not that the online necessarily is relevant to me, but I see that thing mm. on top of the screen that says you've been kicked offline or whatever. So that's that, that I do notice that's been happening a lot. Hasn't affected my personal gameplay experience, but it just, when I, when I play this game, I feel like I'm playing as novice as I am about these racing games, I feel like I am in the middle of a masterpiece and I have to give it that masterpiece score. I mean, it, it feels like as good of a game that anybody in the racing genre can put out there. 
And fun fact, uh, Forza Horizon Four has the same Metacritic score as this as this game. It's it's a nice. they're both a ninety two, hmm. which I think is is crazy. Um, but yeah, I I I feel like this is a ten. Um, but I don't want people to think that that means default game of the year for John. Yeah. And so that's fair. I, and I almost feel like I could say it too yeah. with that same caveat. Matter of fact, live amendment 10 for the same reason John just said three tens <laughs> for Forza, but may not be Sean and John's game of the year. Maybe not be Chris's game of the year. Cause uh, it only takes two is all I'm saying. But anyway, a 10, a 10, Three tens uh, from a racing pr- and right now that has I mean, has I'm that humming. ever happened before on this show? But it's but again it's it's a different it's yeah but we didn't still hundreds of not hours even, in an RPG or an M you know it no this is like, not even we, Breath of the Wild could accomplish that well because Chris because of Chris and well, maybe because Master Sword broke I'm I don't trying remember. to think did we all give God of War a ten I gave a God of War a ten yeah. I don't know if I did. Maybe I give it a nine point five. I would have to go back. Is that show? Is that episode on? It may have got Thanos. (laughs) Did it get Thanos? There's so much good stuff that got Thanos. It's devastating. I think I gave. I think I gave Spider Man a ten that year. Mm. Um. Oh, fun fact for me, it's definitely going down. Um, this could end up being my goatee. Who knows? But Chris gave me the heads up that on Black Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, thirty nine dollars. Thirty, not even thirty nine. Thirty, twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah, dude, I could finish it this week and just let you borrow it. You keep saying that, but you're not gonna. You know I'm, why? I'm not gonna. You're not gonna. As in, you don't want me to, or I'm just no, not gonna. No, you, you're not gonna. Means I you're will. not gonna. Okay. <laughs> you can, there's so much going on, man. It's the holidays, you know. <laughs> so, do you want to get to? Them. What's going on in the news? We got news this week. We do. Did the news team work this week? A little theory. Bit. <laughs> A little bit. Hot off the press and straight to your ears. Weekly Games Chat presents the news. News! <laughs> news! 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 Hey, it's news. Is it me? I think oh, so. Oh, God, I never go first. I'm nervous. Oh, my God. That's what she Um. Oh, God. Get it together, Haywood. Here we go. You got this, uh, buddy. Best news ever. I mean, <laughs> biggest launch ever. <laughs> Phil Spencer has announced that Forza Horizon 5 is Xbox Game Studios' biggest launch ever. The tweet read, as follows, we've invested for years in Xbox so more people can play. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. With 4.5 plus million players so far across PC, cloud, and console, Forza Horizon 5 shows that promise coming to life. Largest launch day for XGS game. Peak concurrent three times, <laughs> F8 or high. Wow. Thank you, players, and congrats to Playground Games. The success of Forza Horizon 5 seems indicated of the growth the Game Pass has enjoyed over the past few years, not to mention its critical success that we just actually discussed in our topic. So, um, It's also, I think, um, I think it's at 8 million players now, or at least 8 million people have played. Yeah. So I meant to update that because I read it later in the day. Well, I'm going to tell you Halo is going to blow that out of the water. Yeah. 
<laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Probably. Uh, guys, I'm sure you already heard. Halo Infinite's free multiplayer mode has been released early and is currently available on PC, Xbox Series X and S, as well as Xbox One. The announcement was made as part of Xbox's 20th anniversary stream to celebrate the release of the original Xbox. Uh, It was originally slated for a December 8th release alongside the campaign mode. Rumors of this began a few days ago after a fan saw a November 15th release date listed in the game store page source code. I think also during that stream, they also showed off uh, the first, I guess, tease, if you will, of a live action Halo series that will be coming to Paramount Plus, and they will have next month up on YouTube and our places a uh, documentary on the creation of the actual Xbox console. It was like a, I don't know if you guys watched this stream at all. It was, it was a, like for no, something Chris, we didn't for something you know why we didn't because mm. you didn't tell us about it until it was already on and you're like oh by the way i'm watching i this told you last week i told you last week i said the anniversary of xbox is next week and they're doing an anniversary stream and when, know, did, when did you tell me that last week <laughs> <laughs> but uh no like uh it was a great little tribute like they even had you know uh the australian orchestra out there doing the theme to halo and just, you know, I think everyone was hoping this news was true, right? Just because it's it, along with the 28th anniversary of Xbox, it was the 20th anniversary to the day of Halo's initial release. So you were just like, this would be such a great win for everyone <laughs> if they could do this. And by God, they did it. And yeah, right, yeah you, you were very happy when this happened right now. I said this on the stream uh, during breaks, but right now already they're hitting 185,000 concurrent players. And that's just on steam with like zero warning. That's where they're at. So I'm, I'm interested to see how that gets to say by the weekend. And uh, as more and more people decide to go check this out, because I think everyone who has so far, uh, I haven't heard anyone really complaining from what they've experienced myself include John, why are you downloading this so we can go teabag each other? Wait, what? That's what you do. I've never played multiplayer halo. Good. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Please join us now. Right. <clears throat> well, Should- speaking of, um, Xbox exclusives, mm. um, Head of Xbox, Phil Spencer, you guys may have heard of him, has all but confirmed that the Elder Scrolls 6 will be an Xbox exclusive, uh, exclusively. (laughs) Butchered that sentence. In a recent interview with British GQ, um, Spencer said that he sees the sequel to Skyrim as a similar case to upcoming title Starfield, which which was confirmed as an exclusive. Quote, it's not about uh, punishing any other platform. Like I fundament, I fundamentally believe all of the platforms can continue to grow, but in order to be on Xbox, I want us to be able to bring the full complete package of what we have. And that would be true when I think of, when I think about Elder Scrolls, I like saying it that way, Elder Scrolls six, that would be true when I think about any of our franchises. Yeah. 
I didn't think yeah. you need to say this, but I, yeah, we we when it got when we saw this, Chris and I both were like, didn't we kind of already know that kind of? Yeah, I mean, you see, you that's the emphasis right there, kind of. Phil Phil has continuously kind of said it, mm. you know. Yeah, he's I, never really said it. I feel like when he said the thing with Starfield, <laughs> then I was like, okay, well, obviously they're going exclusives with their stuff from now on, and I was. I, doesn't shock me. Spend that much money. Why would you give it to someone else? Especially well, when you know it. it's going to sell well on Steam. Sorry. No, no. I was I was making a joke. When you said, why wouldn't you give it to someone else? I was oh. going to count oh. with reasons why you would give it. Just a family else. show. True. <laughs> Very nice. Kind of like the Game Awards. It's a family yeah, show. Yeah, Jeff Keighley, the man, the myth. Wait, what? Uh, double digits for Game Awards. According to Jeff Keighley, the Game Awards for 2021 ceremony will announce a double-digit number of new games. It's mm. a lot of games, at least 10. The show, <laughs> will- <laughs> the show will air globally on December 9th from the... Mi- That's less than a month. Mm-hmm. From the Microsoft Theater in Los Angeles at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. He further shared that the show expects to feature 40 to 50 games this year in some form or another to include games that are expected to release in 2022 and 2023. Last year, the Game Awards hit 83 million viewers. Quote, you know, maybe if we hit 100 million, that would be something. But yeah, I mean, we're obviously not going to be doubling every year. That's not sustainable. Doubling. But honestly, we don't really think that much about the numbers. We just make the best show we can. In other news, the Game Awards have announced their nominees for this year's event. Deathloop led all nominees with nine nominations while Ratchet and Clank and It Takes Two got a ton of love as well. You can find a full list of nominees at their website, but here are your Game of the Year nominees. Are you ready for this? Mm -hmm. We played every one of these games. At least one of us, yeah. Collectively. Mm -hmm. Uh, Deathloop nominated for Game of the Year. It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. So I believe fans are urged to go online and vote for your favorite, and I think that's part of the. Yeah. Is that the only way they give Game of the Year? No, it's it's like they have a board. They have all the critic outlets that have their own votes. I think developers get votes, and then part of it is the fan vote as well. It's not a huge component, but it does factor in. So Tara in chat says Metroid Dread for Game of the Year. I'm sure John mm. possibly agrees. That game, that game's nice. Yeah, I was happy for them. I'm almost surprised that Ratchet and Clank got in the list. Yeah, I feel like, unfortunately, the one I felt like when I was looking at the full list of nominees that got shorted the most was Forza, unfortunately. I I wonder if it's just because that game came out literally last week. Yeah, it has to be. Probably didn't help them. It'll be on next year's list. (laughs) You know how they do that. But yeah, I'm... Oh, go ahead. Cyberpunk yeah. got like multiple nominations, by the way, and that made me laugh because I was like, okay, yeah. this is the Golden Globes. <laughs> Just yeah. anyone can get nominated. Hey, Salone <laughs> got a Golden Globe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Rest my point. <laughs> and it was is that Mark the one Ryland. where they sit at they sit at tables and it's like a dinner and they just let Ricky Gervais make fun of them. Yes. Like in their faces. Yes. He's, he's so funny. And right. Chris, it was Mark Rylance who got the Oscar, uh, Oscar instead of Stallone. Bridge of spots, who? right? Yes. <clears throat> he was good. Who? The exactly. BFG. He was also in Dunkirk. Uh, 
I hope they don't delay the announcements of any of these games at the Game Awards. Jesus. Right? <laughs> that was uh, delayed laughter. Is oh. that me? No, that's me. <laughs> that's uh, because Valve has announced that the Steam Deck will be delayed by two months with the first units to begin shipping in February 2022 instead of the originally planned December 2021. According to Valve, quote, we're sorry about this. We did our best to work around <laughs> the supply chain issues, but due to material shortages, components aren't reaching our manufacturing facilities in time for us to meet our initial launch de- dates. Based on our updated build estimates, Steam Deck will start shipping to customers in February of 2022. This will be the new start date of the reservation queue. Valve has promised that the reservation will not change and people will keep their place in line. So that's good, but that sucks also. I actually thought about the Steam Deck playing Forza. Mm -hmm. I had to go drop a deuce. And I was like, if I had a Steam Deck, could I play Forza right now and continue this fun? Mm. Playing your Steam Deck while dropping a steamer. Yeah. right. It's the ultimate poop game experience. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I counter. I mean, this is a family show. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I wish I yeah. knew how the sales went last month. You know, I was thinking about like, this is November. What about October? How did games do? Hmm. Well, yeah. let's talk about that. I can shed some light on this. <laughs> there's news about this. Let's, let's get talk into about this. it. Yeah. Guys, there's this thing called NPD. Mm. What does it stand for? I have no clue. No, seriously, tell me. I need to know. I can't. National I no idea. People's Directive. <laughs> National. So here product. are the MPD for the, for October. The good news, the highlight for me personally, because I'm biased, is Metroid Dread's launch figures in the U.S. have beaten records for the series, with hope that the series is moving closer to mainstream popularity. They won't get there, but it's you know. Um, according to MBT, uh, the game debuted uh, as uh, as October's third best-selling game, with Far Cry 6 coming in at number one. Here are the top-selling games for October. Number 10, NBA 2K22. And maybe you, at some point, ladies and gentlemen, we'll let Chris cover this game. Uh, coming in at number nine, NHL 22. Number eight, Mario Party Superstars. Uh, number seven... Um, it's important to note that when I looked at this, Mario Party Superstars had what appeared to be an asterisk on GameStop, GameSpot. I don't know what that meant. Just I think uh, I think that usually denotes that they don't include their digital sales. I think that's right. I don't think this covers the digital sales in at any point. I'm not sure, but I know that's always true for Nintendo. They don't. Yeah, thanks for that useless information, Chris. <laughs> Number seven, I love you. Number seven, Mario's Guardians of the so Galaxy. Mario's Guardians of the Galaxies, I'm in. Uh, number, uh, and I think that came out on the 24th, like the end of the month. So that's pretty good for, you know, that. Uh, number six, FIFA, F-I-F-A, FIFA 22. Mm-hmm. Number five, Demon Slayer. Wow. Which is hey, the name fun of Fun fact, Shines. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Number four, <laughs> number four, Madden NFL 22. Number three, Metroid Dread. And it just so happens Dread is the, is the name of Mario's <laughs> uh, Number two is um, 
the name of Chris's back for blood. <laughs> Dang right. And the number one best-selling game of October 2021 is no surprise, Far Cry Six. There it is, Far boys. Cry Six. The great review still. Um, if you haven't listened to that episode, Chris and John really uh, hit the mark on that one. I think the big surprise for me is Back for Blood being number two, just because it was on Game Pass on day one, right? And I, I mean, I think it reviewed okay, but it did not. I, I guess it just tells you how much like the Left 4 Dead community was wanting <laughs> this that they would go out there and I'm guessing buy a lot of this on uh, Steam. And so I do saw we a know- news article that just uh that that Left 4 Dead actually became the number one actually surpassed Back for Blood on Steam as far mm. as concurrent players for a little bit. That's is true. there a way that it's in the future? In the future. <laughs> some kind of way. How like how do they count Game Pass numbers? And in, in theory, isn't that a purchase? I don't know. I mean, I guess they're looking at now, like whenever Microsoft is willing to go like, hey, like for instance, like with Forza, we've had 8 million people do it. I, I'm i guessing the bulk of those are people. Well, it works. Pass? I just have questions. And yeah. The reason I, I thought of this question and got to this point is because like FIFA mm-hmm. still got number six and it was a free Game Pass game. Last year's. This one isn't on there yet. Uh, I'm playing it on my Xbox, and I didn't buy it. Yeah, I saw you playing it, and it said FIFA 21 when I saw you. That's FIFA 22. You're right. I just visually confirmed that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, By the way, apparently, guys, MPD stands for National Purchase Diary, which is what its original name was, the National Purchase Diary Panel. And then that was changed boring. to MPD Group. I like National People's Directive better, right? Saying, I like well, something else that I can't say out loud. <laughs> <laughs> um, this, this, let's talk about the I can't say this word sustainability. sustainability of Game Pass. You want to talk about that? Does that sound fun? Huh? Sure. Skeptics. Since the inception of Game Pass, I've often called into question the sustainability of Game Pass. With And I just kind of hinted at it. How does this work? With the company reluctant to share hard numbers, the skepticism, at least in part, is warranted. According to that guy, Phil Spencer, I know there's a lot of people that like to write that we're burning cash right now for some future pot of gold at the end. It's a great sentence. No. <laughs> That's hard. Game Pass is very, very sustainable right now as it sits. And it continues to grow. <laughs> Earlier this year, Microsoft CEO Taya Nadella confirmed that Game Pass now has 18 million subscribers. It's, it's so interesting to me how this model works. I don't know how to explain it. He didn't say it works. He says it's sustainable. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that means works. No, to me. no not, in, not Will you explain no. to me, since I'm a meathead, how sustaining and, and working are not interchangeable? Can you sustain this level of non-productivity <laughs> for an infinite amount of time? Sure. No. You can do that. Now, can Nintendo do oh, it? No. I see Nintendo can't do now. this. Mm-hmm. So he is careful here, in yeah. my opinion. He's careful in avoiding the terms of what profitability is. But when it comes to a multi-billion dollar corporation, their ability right. to sustain Game Pass, yeah, it's sustainable for them. It wouldn't necessarily be sustainable for PlayStation or Nintendo. But yes, 
it is it is sustainable for um the antichrist just kidding i love i love xbox i think it's, speaking of baptism uh i feel like a brooks and dunn song brand new man right now from you clarifying that for me thank you i think it's mainly because with game pass you can't just look in the vacuum of like what did they spend on games versus how many users they have that's one component of it that's a very large component of it but then there's the other side of it which is all those games that are being played on xbox are there microtransactions in them is there dlc in them is there other things that people are going to purchase you know that because they're going through the xbox community Microsoft gets a cut of all those sales. And of course, you know, like for instance, now we see with Halo, Oh, Halo's free. Cool. Guess what? Everyone probably did yesterday when they fired up. Oh, there's a battle pass for nine 99. Let me go subscribe to that. There's just a ton of money going into Microsoft for that. And, and people forget how much money <laughs> that th- those little transactions build and accumulate. You're Correct. absolutely right. It becomes billions. The perception is Microsoft bought this this publisher, this publisher, this publisher, this publisher. They're giving away Xboxes at this point because of how much it costs to make them. Oh, they're Microsoft. They got tons of money. Meanwhile, like Chris said, they're just dotting all kinds of things up with microtransactions, and there's tons of money there. There really yeah. is. Yeah, but I need to see, uh, until he shows us proof that every Game Pass subscriber mm-hmm. is buying nine ninety nine microtransactions in any different game, pick your game. I, I, don't, I don't buy it. I just don't buy. I don't think. I don't think. I don't buy that. That's their. That they're making profit out of that. I think what they're doing is they're burning money, and they have enough money. As my as a as a late friend of mine used to say, they have enough money to burn a wet dog. I mean, it's just they are. They're not making money on Game Pass, in my opinion, and they're tapping in to other caches of and resources to supplement the losses they're taking because they can, but they just report a huge classic. It's the, it's the classic Amazon prime model. I I mean, Amazon for years was not making a quote unquote profit, Mm -hmm. but it was making billions of shareholders. It was making billions for shareholders, but they've recently reported that they, their profits for Xbox were up, drastically over the past Profits year for xbox yeah and We're that includes talk, no but if me. it was an expense if it was dragging them down you're saying then that everything else that's going on is so sustainable enough that it's covering all the expense and loss that is coming from this i would argue to you like for instance like last year when they put nba 2k 21 on there and anyone who has gone in that environment especially with my player and my team knows same with madden that is a suck of like micro transactions that make billions of dollars for these yeah. corporations per year. So, like, so, you, so you and I, so you, let me just yeah. get this straight. You and I are in relative agreement that it's possible that game pass in its singularity is not a moneymaker. Yeah. I guess the thing I, that's all I'm what saying. I'm saying to you, that's all I've ever said is to you. I said like, you can't just look at it as one thing. You have but to I can, look at it. And I am right now. That's what that that's the that's all the claim I've made. It would be absurd for me to suggest that Xbox as a company does not make a profit. No, I'm saying my, I'm saying it's never been what I'm saying. I'm saying the ecosystem because of Game Pass is making more money and therefore whatever cost it is to fund the part of bringing in people to come, it's negligible because it's it's kind of like Blizzard, right? <clears throat> With wow. Where sure, yeah, the fifteen ninety nine per month is nice. You know, it's really nice when they drop X, Y, and Z mounts and you know, 
cosmetics and stuff and people that just do not think about just go out there and buy these things and give them another billion dollars uh, per year that they can just tack on to their, you know, their portfolios. I also thought about merch. Mm. Um, Blizzard has a merch store that I've spent hundreds of dollars on and I'm just one person. Xbox has a merch store where you can buy like Xbox clothing and exclusive stuff. And you may not do it, but do you know how many people in the world want clothes that look cool because they play their Xbox? It's a whole nother thing that I just thought about. It's crazy. Hmm. Well, look, I'm not trying to beat a dead horse, but I'm picturing Chris's face. Just kidding. I love you. Um, All I've ever made the claim of is Game Pass as a singular entity is not a moneymaker. And secondly, Game Pass or any model like Game Pass could not be successful for PlayStation and Nintendo. It would bury them financially. I definitely agree with you. I've always made the claim that Xbox is that one exception, that company Mm. that is able to do this and and have it be sustainable, but not profitable. Mm. I think it's profitable for like I said. (laughs) Xbox is profitable. Game Pass is not profitable. And until he says otherwise, he needs to show it. If you want if it's something he wants to prove to us, that's his business. If he doesn't, that's fine too. But I mean, I, I don't buy it. It's, so never, it's a race to the bottom. It's just a race to the bottom. I'll tell you now, you'll never see like from Microsoft ever. This is just not Xbox. This is just Microsoft as a company. You will never get that level of detail from them just because why would they? Right. They tell you not what they're the Xbox, not in the 360 days. I mean, even then the most you're going to get is profits are this amount. They're never going to give you a breakdown to the level of, you know, outside of saying this is how much hardware versus software is. That is all they're going to do. And but they invented Microsoft Excel and they could run they, pivot tables. They made you aware every month how much hardware they sold mm-hmm. in the Xbox 360 era. And how much do you see anyone doing that now? Like you don't see PlayStation students. and Nintendo are both doing it. They're not hiding that. Well, they I mean, are, Microsoft they tells you for- how much hardware they sell. So, um, what's that again? They they will tell you whenever they want to how much hardware they sell. Oh, whenever they want to, which they yeah. never do. You, Chris, you have to admit that in the Xbox One era and this era, they have not been forthcoming mm-hmm. about what their hardware sales are. PlayStation and Nintendo have. They tell you what their software sales are mm-hmm. every single quarter. They tell you what their hardware sales are every single quarter. Xbox just gives you sort of the bottom line profitability margin. They don't divulge that information, and they haven't since the Xbox 360 era. Yeah, mainly because of Microsoft. <laughs> I mean, like, not just them. I mean, Microsoft. All I'm saying is if they were leading the pack, they would be bra- more braggadocious about it. That's Maybe. all I'm saying. I don't know. Should we... uh? Just just for the news sake, this is a great conversation, but should I extract Chris so he could do the next? We can extract Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Extraction, which will be arriving <laughs> on January 20 of 2022. Uh, and the price of the standard version has been lowered to just $40 or $39.99. The game will arrive with full cross-play, cross-save, and cross-progression. The game also will include cross-play Buddy Pass, Hey, buddy. Buddy. The <laughs> deluxe edition of the game will be available for $49.99. The game's storyline centers around a parasitic alien threat. And I think they did that because there was a pandemic. And they had to change that. If I, I wonder if this game is going to start off super slow and make like this huge underground comeback. Don't call it Get, a comeback. Like Rainbow Six Siege did. Guys, are we missing my joke here? 
Yes, I, I got you. you were, I thought you were saying don't call it a comeback. Yeah. That's no, because Siege, Siege lost, it launched terrible. I know it's a totally different Siege game, did? blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah Siege was a terrible launch. I think but it, now that, yeah. dude, people love that game now. My guess is it's just going to be a thing of like, how long does it take to get Siege people to switch over? In that, you, I think you're probably right. It'll probably take a while. There are not going to be people. Chris, are you ready to do the thing that we do at the end of news? Finally, yeah. this week. Take that as a yes. John, take us home, baby. Yeah, before I do that, I, I just want to um, acknowledge uh, one of Tara's comments when we were talking about being surprised that Ratchet was in the list. Mm-hmm. Um, I could honestly uh, see Returnal being in that list as opposed to Ratchet. Um, you know, not that you, I, I you didn't play both games, right? Yeah, I didn't particularly love Returnal per se. I still have it, and it's been my intent to try to knock that one out. But um, I feel like I feel like most people were higher on that game than Chris and I were overall. But um, anyway, let's jump into some hot water. Let's jump into the hot tub with Bobby Kotick. I'm good. That's probably not a good analogy. But um, a new Wall Street Journal report on the ongoing Activision Blizzard alleged sexual assault and harassment investigation details that CEO Bobby Kotick knew about various allegations and did not disclose these allegations to the company's board of directors. Oh, no. The report also details that Jen O'Neill, who along with Mike Ibarra, were named co-leaders of the company and then later announced she would be leaving the company at the end of the year, previously experienced harassment at the company, was paid less than Mike Ibarra for the co-leadership position, and stated she felt she was tokenized by the company. The report also highlights head of Treyarch, Dan Bunting, being accused of sexual harassment by a female employee in 2017, and despite HR recommending he be terminated, was kept on counseling due to his contribution to the Call of Duty series. Bobby Kodak has responded to the report, calling it, quote, inaccurate and misleading, end quote, of the company and himself. Additionally, the Activision Blizzard Board of Directors released a statement in support of Bobby Kotick saying, quote, Bobby Kotick appropriately addressed workplace issues brought to his attention, end quote. Finally, the employee group ABK, Workers Alliance, has announced a planned walkout today and continues to demand Bobby Kotick be replaced as CEO. Yeah, that story, this story continued to evolve all day. Yeah. 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 It was like, yeah. here's the story. And then it was like, Bobby Kotick's like, nah, bro. And then, and then the board director's like, we got your back. And then the workers were like, no, no, you don't. <laughs> So, so was, look, uh, I, th- I think the company appears to be um, doing mostly all of all it can to address these issues. Um, at, at some point, at some point, I believe that <laughs> uh, Activision Blizzard needs to allow these people to walk out of the office and lock the door. I just, if you are this passionate about working, about being, about how toxic this place is, honestly, dude, you need to move on. And I can speak to the fact that the company that I work for would not cut, tolerate this nonsense. I'm not saying that's good or bad, but there, there comes a point 
where you, where a lot of these folks are just not going to be satisfied with anything they do. It's never going to be enough. And I understand there are victims in this story. I understand that there's been toxicity and abuse. I do not deny it. But at one po- at what point are you satisfied? And I believe that that many of the people left that are walking out of here, out of these places of business, they're not going to be satisfied. This is not being satisfied to them. This is about a crusade. Yeah, the, they're That's saying, they, they, you said that well, and hopefully <clears throat> people heard you and they didn't not hear you because you, you spoke, I think, solid on that. But but their end game, they say now, is that they, they won't stop until Bobby Kodak's gone. I think new CEO and then they're then they're good. I don't think that'll be no, enough. They've said there are specific things that they're demanding. I, I just highlighted mainly the Bobby code because it was the bigger thing, but they're also demanding an independent third party uh, firm come in and review the company. Basically not something that Bobby Kodak and Activision picked that they were familiar with. Right. But like just going and saying, Hey, here's a firm that is highly regarded that we've never dealt with at Activision blizzard in our life. Right. I, come in, review our policies and what was done and everything that went on, right? That seems to be their other big demand from what I've read, at least. But I can't And look, may, maybe maybe if they do that, they're satisfied. But I can tell mm. you, Ubisoft did it, and it didn't do a thing. Didn't satisfy anybody. Mm. You know, it, 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 if what they want is a third party to come in and make the determinations that they want them to make. They want to be appeased. I I can't help but think of this when you're um when you're the CEO of a major company. Mm-hmm. What what constitute constitutes you quote unquote knowing about something because there's a paper trail that it made it to your desk per se. But what if what if you didn't really know? I find it. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? I'll say this because it's such a big company. There's so much going on. I find it hard to believe that if the report of Dan Bunting, who was head of Treyarch was being accused of sexual harassment and HR had gone to the level Mm -hmm. of saying, look, he's sure he might be really good at developing these games, but this is too serious. And we think this is really grounded in support that he did these things that it's, could be a very big liability to us, right? I think at that point you're going to Bobby Kodak. There's no way that at the very least Bobby Kodak does not know that that is being decided on. And maybe he's not the one who over in the end, though I'd still be very surprised if he's not involved in the decision that was made. If that's what went on, um, and then you don't even tell the board about this, which, you know, I have no idea about that. You know, that's... Wall Street Journal usually does really good investigative reporting on companies. So usually if it if they find out, there's probably some truth to the fire. Um that to me is pretty pretty damning, you know. Um and I could definitely see why at that point you're going like, well, hey, you just basically confirmed this dude makes X amount of money for us. We're not just gonna replace him even though HR says he's violating policies and should be let go. Um, you know, there were two other guys that they report on one. I think they were both at sledgehammer. One of them did get terminated. The other, I believe got reprimanded and then later was terminated for something else, like an argument with a manager or something like that. So I have no idea. 
about that. But like, you know, that was the one when I was looking at the news, I was like, that's the damning one. And then the other side, if we go back to the actual California thing, again, I think the story again, just says to me why they will eventually settle with California and the state, no matter what is going on between. Well, they uh, already have. Well, no, they settled with the federal government and California is saying that's not enough. California wants more. They're not satisfied with what their deal is. And I think like the first part here, the fact that you took in the actions of this appointed Jen O'Neill and then she left three months later because she's not getting paid as much. And she feels like she's, as she says, apparently being tokenized. If that's all true about the last thing I would really want if I was a lawyer for Activision is Jen O'Neill doing a deposition that's on record which would probably get me to, you know, to again, um, go, I don't know if Bobby's going to survive this. Uh, I don't think call of duty sales are helping him right now, uh, either, but I mean, at least for now, at least today, the board seems behind him. I will be very surprised or I would not be very surprised in three to four months. You quietly hear that Bobby Kotick is going to retire just because they don't want to deal with this anymore. At some point, the the board board will say screw it. He has too many shares in the company. Yeah. Not even if he wanted to, he could tank the company himself. The board, I think the board, if it was (laughs) like literally like he's got to go, that would have happened today. Yeah. Um, I I really do. So like I said, I, I take this at face value, and and Kodak says he reads a personal statement. You can read it on ActivisionBlizzard.com. There's a message from him. You can read exactly what he wrote, um, and he says that basically, and we highlighted it that this is misleading and and it's taken out of context to a degree. And mm-hmm. he goes on to hi- highlight how much he loves his talented people um, and constant improvement and and making it an inclusive workplace. So uh, it's. Kind of what he said before, but since <laughs> since it's happened, he's they've been doing everything they need to do, which goes back to John's point, which no matter what you say and do, yeah, it's it's not going to be okay until this happens. But that doesn't forgive what went like you're Nobody, saying. Don't move the goalposts. We're not saying no, that. No, no. I'm saying like when you're saying this went on under your watch and you decided someone's job was worth I, more to you than... I didn't articulate that well enough. You know. When you're so high up, I have a. I feel like there is a slight disconnect in the knowledge trail. I just do. Because you have an HR department, because you have you know directors and people who are in charge of different divisions, I don't know how much... I don't know how much gets funneled up. So I could you technically say, yeah, he knew about this. I, Did he specifically go, we're going to pass that one? He's not getting fired. I don't care what they say about him. Uh, you know, if he was doing that, then yeah, it's that's terrible. Mm. How can we know for sure that that's what was happening? So why are we jumping to conclusions to get him out? That's why I think the board's not jumping to conclusions to get him out. To be quite every, honest with you, every every human resource department in a Fortune 500 company has the ability to be authoritarian. They can tell Bobby Kotick, "No, you can't do this." She broke. He or she broke the law. He's got to go. Now, under the circumstances, based on the accused and the accu- and the accuser, there could be nuanced circumstances that made that made this not clear cut. Therefore, instead of there being an outright firing, we compromise and go this direction. I've been in HR. You can either take my word for it or not. And with Jen O'Neill, if she's claiming that she's tokenized and she made less money, I'm sick of this. Where's your receipts? 
show me your receipts. Is it, did he, did, did Mike have a, have a master's degree and 20 years of experience as opposed to Jen having a bachelor's degree and 15 years of experience? Should that matter? I mean, we've, it is illegal. It is a federal crime to pay, to discriminate pay based on gender. So the pay discrimination could have been based on experience. Yeah. They're That's totally a leaving that out. And they're that leaving it out for the narrative. Matter. Yeah. That it, has it, to matter. Yeah. You're not wrong. I'm just, no I'm just sick it. of, I'm, show me your receits. Tell no, me what like you made camera and tell me what you booming. Made. Like you're feeling it and your camera's going boom, 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 boom. No, um, it's doing a zoom in, zoom out thing. Like it's like, you hear this, this is impactful. It's my hands coming into the frame and adjusting. See? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's what it's doing. I don't know. I, in the end, I just think the best thing, the thing I can most equate this to, to me, this is personally for me right. as a, as a Washington football team fan, is Dan Snyder. <laughs> and I watched right. and read all the stuff that went on, you know, with Bruce Allen, who would be about the equivalent of someone <laughs> like Dan Bunting and Dan Snyder for years turned his head. Right. And what happened? The worst he's gotten out of this is he's going to step away from the day to day operations. Why? Because it's his company and it's really hard to get rid of an owner in the I, NFL I, you know? I, in a really bad way. You know, at some point money matters. Yes. I think that's Man, the that one sucks. reason. I think John that's might be tough. right there. The fact that Bobby Kodak has the most stock is probably what is saving his butt right now, right? Like if he was just if he was just a guy that was CEO and he wasn't the guy who was the largest shareholder in the company, I don't know why you would hold on to him at this point. You'd be like it's not worth it, right? But because he is, it's probably a lot harder and Maybe at most they do in this is to say, well, why don't you just step down as CEO and just be on the board and that hire Reggie? Be. That'd be great. Reggie could get the heal. It. I mean, he, he sudden, saved GameStop. All of a sudden, Mario's it, he finds a way to bring Mario Guys, into World of Warcraft. What we do is we get everyone to short Activision Blizzard. Donkey Kong ends up in uh, Overwatch. It's like Reggie. What's happening? How'd you get this licensing? Oh, wait, How'd this that's happen? That's the wrong one. That is not you the should, right one. You don't edit that in post either. You hear me? You leave that in, <laughs> sir. You leave that in. Well, do you want to wrap this up? Never. Just to be safe. Okay. Electronic mail from the future, all the way from the year three thousand. So, uh, yeah, if you uh, reminder, if you want to write into us at Weekly Games Chat, well, you can do it. Weekly Games Chat at gmail.com is the place to send us an email. We do have three we're going to highlight this week, which is nice considering we were over for our last two shows. Thanks a lot, listener. Yeah, you. Thanks a lot. We appreciate it. Who wants to go first? Who wants to read what? And I'll, I'll go last, so you'll leave me. I have no choice. You control my future right now, boys. I will go first. I will take T.I. Joyce. Good afternoon, men. What's up? John? Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, I hope you had a good week. 
I've come, all right. I've come to somewhat of a realization lately regarding my playing preferences, and I wanted to know your thoughts. I bought Deathloop recently, somewhat based on your big Richard score. Long story short, I didn't vibe with it. Oh. Which brought oh, back no. <laughs> memories of Prey, and I didn't really like that game either. Oh, no. I loved the first Disarmed so, he had it in caps, much. Yeah. And the second one, just as much, or I thought I did. In retrospect, I hated the Clockwork Mansion. John is turning red right now. And Jake the level where you switch between the present and the past. They both just went over my head, and I had to resort to a step-by-step walkthrough. So this has me thinking. Am I done with arcane games? Are they just too different to my playing style and irritate me so much to the point they aren't fun to play? It's sad, but probably yes. Uh, I don't have as much time as I would like to spend playing games, and that just bothers me, no matter how much I want to like them. So my question to you is this. Have you guys ever realized there was a series of games or style of games that you used to love? and enjoy but for whatever reason now you just don't like as always thanks for the incredibly entertaining show and game on that was tom what game up on, tom. tom thank you for that email well well written i like it uh hmm. yeah for me i used to love i used to love sports games hmm. we're talking every iteration of madden ken griffey junior baseball ncw NCAA football, um, just basketball. I played, uh, what was the one? It wasn't NBA 2K, back EA Live, back mm-hmm. when it was actually good. NBA Live. Uh, like 95 and stuff. Mm-hmm. It, that's all I played, but at that point in my life, I played a lot of sports. <clears throat> uh, the only sports games that have survived for me to this day, Chris saw me playing the other day, is soccer. Yeah, I'll play a soccer game. But that's the one for me that I just, I'm like, I tried to play MLB The Show. It was free. Sean, and I was like, yeah. Sean decided that his achievement of beating me in Madden was good enough to retire yeah. from the franchise. <laughs> I hung up the cleats. That was it. <laughs> I think for for me, you know, I would have said, and I think it for the most part still is um, online multiplayer shooters, mainly first person shooters. Halo is like the one exception right now, right? And I don't know how long I'll stay on Halo, but. Like that, that's because it's got the feels and it's bringing me back. But I have had no desired by Battlefield this year, Call of Duty. Um, I'll play Apex every now and then. That's that's about the only R1 that gets me. I don't play Fortnite, even though it's third person. Um, and I've never gotten the Warzone, never even gave a shot, right? But like all those modes, like the zombies and, and you know, all that I just out of royales you don't like yeah you go back to like when Sean first met me in 2007 2008 that <laughs> yeah, was yeah I was playing those games all the time loved them to death and when, yeah. you know I was there with our group of friends buying the new COD every year and going like where's Bo- or uh, Nuketown and just you know having a blast I almost said Boomtown yeah you no almost I almost said, said I was like wait that's not right <laughs> um but yeah that, that would be the one for me I just don't play those as much that's as fair. I did John, you got anything or do you just still love everything? Nothing. Almost love everything. Um, one thing that comes to mind is my experience with third person shooters. Um, as, as I progressed with third person shooters or at least, you know, more cover based third person shooters, 
I started to love to to love Gears of War's mechanics a little less as I played more cover based shooters. My now division. my my co host put me in my place on that when I brought that up a couple of years ago, but you know it's it's still the same. I will say, with that said, I absolutely adored Gears Five. I thought that was amazing. Um, and I want I would like to add, you know, with his um, comment about the Clockwork Mansion. If he, if, if he no 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 this is not bad if he ever decides to run through that game again and he comes across the and, and and he hits the clockwork mansion and there's a trophy for this too but it's a really fun way to clock to play the clockwork mansion by never alerting jindosh that you're even there so what you do is you go into the lobby you look up and you see this glass skyline you don't see the sky but it's like this glass covering with without ever hitting a lever to manipulate the, the the mansion just shoot an arrow up to the glass it breaks the glass don't use a gun because it'll alert it'll alert people but and it'll it'll alert jindosh to know you're there but just shoot an arrow into the glass and just blink up there and just work your way through you never have to hit any levers you can go you can go through that the clockwork mansion which is a, a, a you know a, a credit to its game design you never have to work through you know hitting the right levers and working your way through the mansion it's sort of it's it's the trophy you get when you when you when you eliminate Jindosh without even him knowing you were in the Clockwork Mansion because when you go in there and you hit the lever you go up and talk to him. Generally speaking, but you can completely skip that area and just you know zip up to the top of the mansion and go through it without hitting the levers. Really awesome way to play it. I recommend you do that. Two like- things, John. First thing, I felt like you were just speaking like Elvish to me. I have no idea what anything you just said meant, which is adorable. <laughs> Second, you could almost answer this question in a reverse sense, I think. I feel like more recent in your timeline of gaming, it's kind of like a reverse. Like I said, you used to not play JRPGs or RPGs, and now you found that you like them more. Oh, is yeah, and I credit I credit the show, doing the show for that. I mean, JRPGs online shooters, things like that. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't go balls deep into these genres, yep. but, but I, deep. but my exposure to, you know, turn-based RPGs, all that stuff, RTSs playing. I, I mean, I, I never would have played AOE too, had it not been for so doing good. this podcast, you know? So <laughs> the game's so good. Which one do you want to but take he's, but go he's, next. he's fundamentally wrong about, um, <laughs> About prey and uh, death loop. I don't know what his problem is. Yeah, something completely wired like wrong. In, right? I'm actually, Tighten up, Tom. I'm not with him on disarm <laughs> too, but I am with him on prey and death loop because I was, you know, I didn't love those games as much as I loved the two dishonored games. But when like, did I dishonored? That, you know, hmm? I'm joking. I'm joking. That was a joke. I said, wait, Chris played dishonored before I John know you did. I know. I know. What's next? Either one you want, and I'm you choose my destiny right now. All right, I'll do. Um, I'll do Dave. All right, Dang. dear weekly games chat, <laughs> greatest games chat of all time. Yeah, what's up, what, Dave? What is going on, guys? Hope all is well. I listen to you guys the morning after your live stream on my way to work. Thank you for your continued podcast and fun facts. Everybody loves a good fun fact, right? <laughs> Question for you. I'm not sure if I am hearing this correctly, but Halo will be coming out with a battle royale. Is that right? Or is he getting that? Oh, confused he's a, no, he's saying, uh, I'm not sure if I'm hearing this correctly, but will Halo because he's asking 
will it become? That's what I said. Oh, yeah. he said that word for word, Chris. But I guess I was wondering if he was getting that confused because they have a battle pass. Like Fortnite has a battle pass. Anyway, um, also I have a PS4 first gen and looking... What? I have a PS4 first gen mm. and looking to buy an Xbox, which would be a better option. Let me try that again, guys. Sorry. You, re- you re- Just read it. How it is. Also, I have a PS4 first gen and looking to buy an Xbox, which would be a better option. Understandable. The Series X is hard to come by, but is the Series S worth the buy? You yes. Again, thanks, right. guys, for the weekly chat and amazing podcast. Stay safe and stay sexy. I'm trying, bro. Day. I'm trying. <laughs> That's a hard thing, the second part. If you if all you can find is an S, I, I've been more than happy with the, the S. The greatest plan ever schematic did ever was John. He's going to make me buy two Xboxes, but I'm thinking I'm getting a deal because he said buy the Series S first, and then if it happens, get the X trade-in values and all this craziness. But yeah, the S is is more than... The only downside to the S for me, and Chris Chris tried to coach me on this, and I, I attended the class. I got the lesson. I understand it. But for me, the the internal hard drive is just too small. It's almost... I can't believe they didn't go with a one terabyte on it. I don't know the why. Uh, maybe for pricing money, yeah. Um, I kind of wish it was more, but Chris said just delete the games and download them again. You got the fastest internet in the world. Yeah, if you have fast internet, I'm like, how many things are you actually so playing all the time that where you're like, oh, darn, it would take me 20 minutes to re-download that on my 900 gigs but down per second. Here's it. We're, we're okay. We have made it to a point. There used to be a point, and I'm going to show my age a little bit. When you bought a game, you could plug it in and play it. It was good to go. Right. It eventually became you bought a game and you can play it, but we need to update it. Well. And then it was, now we have to update it. And now it's just, just you got to download it and then you can delete it and download it again. It's like, what in the... Plus, it's that Horizon 5 uh, is 107 It's big. Yeah. It's insane. Um, but you know, I always have to make sure that regardless of whether I'm playing it or not, this is really sad. I have to make sure that, um, Odyssey is on the main hard drive at all times <laughs> because sometimes I go into that game and just look at it. <laughs> well, well, guys, with the power of Xbox, the cloud, you could actually play Forza Horizon without, without downloading it. You could connect to servers. I'm sorry. I'm going to stop now. I, I didn't even know that. I didn't. I was kind of hoping you'd continue, but it's true. That, that's off. That's off stream chat for us, right? Uh, Thanks for the email, Dave. Yeah, Dave. Uh, so insert generic fan email title here. So I'll just say, game on, game on. Game uh, on. <laughs> no, I mean I made that up, but yeah, you guys went with it. See how cool you guys are. Hey there, fellas. Hey. hey. This, this is from Devin. What up, hey, Devin? Devin. Uh, decided to write in because I have a great. I have great news to share. My wife. His wife. wife. And I just bought our first house. Man, if I had a DJ horn, I'd go, brr, 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 brr. that is great news. I've written in a couple of times in the past, but not recently because we have been very busy getting everything unpacked. This is true. I've been in my house for two years. I think I'm still unpacking. John, you still unpacking anything? Nope. Nope. John's good to you go. He's you the best not know my ever. wife. <laughs> yeah, his, yeah, his, his house wife. is in tip-top shape. Uh, my wife. Even, okay, hey, thanks, Your wife. Uh, shape. I did it. Uh, but wait, what? <laughs> but even though things have been crazy, I've been listening to every episode of your show, and it's always a pleasure. Well, thank you. We we really do appreciate that. 
best gaming podcast show on the internet as far as I'm concerned. Hey, can we hire like 30 Devons to go promote us everywhere? Because that, that's, that makes, that makes my, my loins feel good and I feel good. Yeah. Um, I suppose the question I have for you guys today is this. I know it's still early, but have you guys snagged up any good luck? I'm sorry, any good Black Friday deals? Or is there anything in particular that you might get if suddenly goes on sale? Hey, we heard. The Catwalk CVR treadmill. Hmm. What? Had a huge discount recently, and I put in the order myself. I love VR. So do I. This is Sean. We should be friends. And I am in need of losing some weight. So I figured it's a win-win situation. Keep up the good work, guys. Game on, Devin. Game on, Devin. Great email. Game on. Um, you, don't I don't need the, you don't need the treadmill just by the Oculus. Apparently, apparently it's no, very top-heavy. Your neck will look like you know the rock when you're done. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know there was this. If this treadmill puts me closer to Ready Player One, it looks like yeah, it's kind of like that thing like where it's a circle and it looks like you put a belt around yourself and then you know that treadmill would allow you to push it right and run around the game. <laughs> dude, how much is this thing, dude? DJ Money, son. What's well, uh, it's on sale right now from its uh, down four hundred dollars from its regular price at uh, right over one thousand ninety nine dollars at the moment. You can have it. That's not bad. Not really, when you think about it. Yeah, when you think about what you're buying, that's not bad. Mm. Like, at all. Thank you for that email, Devin. And if you just listened to us read those three emails and you thought to yourself, I kind of like when they read mine, or I kind of want them to read one of mine, do that. Send us an email to weeklygameschat at gmail.com. Chris, are you about to send us an email? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm in the Discord. So. You're in the discourse. So you're actually ready to read a possible email. So that's a good transition to go over to discord. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see here. So when, so one week ago today, so subtract seven would have been the ninth. Yeah, I got it. Uh, All right. We have one this afternoon from Tara. He said, just wanted to say thanks guys for being such a great podcast. Just did a 13 hour drive to my new place in Indiana and rocked weekly game chat. The whole yes. Way. Wow. That's that what's is, up. Wow. Whew. Game on. And also thoughts on the new Halo beta. I love it. Well, you, um, yeah, Tara was in chat and I'm, and I'm sure uh and when, you know you heard the new thoughts. He sent a follow-up and he just said uh that during this drive that uh he was enticed to buy Metroid Dread. So there you go, John. Funny addition in the email section, Punkhead said uh an expletive. That's a lot of WGC, meaning the 13 hours. New gosh, number one fan. John, he said, gosh, gosh darn. darn it. Gosh darn it. That's a lot of WGC. New number one fan. Headboy Nacho said, I resent those words. Um, I I actually have listened to us, uh, or you guys, on the when I went to Disney, mm. you guys were my ride back. And it was it was pleasant. It's a it's if you're I can see this. Uh, and and then finally, do you want to see what you want to read? What Draven said right at uh, emails like one minute ago. By the way, um, I gotta say, I agree with Punkhead uh, Nacho. If you could please put your number one fan badge in the mail tomorrow morning when you hear this, uh, and send it to Tara. Tara, get with Nacho, get the address all sorted out. You know, in Indiana, we'll get it taken care of. Uh, yeah, thirteen hours of listening to me let alone sean and john oh i feel bad for those ears this chaos this this terrible so uh muck 
of a show. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pivot over to Twitter. Of course, you can find us there at Weekly Games Chat. And midweek or so, I uh, well, it's not even, what am I talking about? From the last time we recorded, I sent a tweet out that said, uh, it was Saturday, obviously, because I said, happy Saturday. And I want to know if any of you had gotten your new console you were searching for this time of year, because I knew it was, you know, that time of year that maybe some will come out or who knows. Mm-hmm. And then I also asked which, uh, which uh, side are you on, Xbox or PlayStation? Uh, Tom says, and I wonder if it's, it has to be the same Tom, right? From MySpace? Uh, no, well, that was the coolest friend ever. I waited for ages before even looking to grab a PS5. In the end, I went into a store to put down a pre-order to get stock in store, and they put me on a list. I was expecting months, but they called me less than a week later saying it had arrived. Tears of joy. Nice. That is that is incredibly nice. Um, Vince uh, says, got them both, but X-Gang all the way. Ooh. Uh, our friend uh, Core Chris says, PlayStation. Um, and, but he, then he followed up and said, I got more. I, I have both, but I just use the PlayStation more. I wonder if there are people that have both and do that. Um, had both, but flipped the PS5 because no games really stuck out to me at the time. That was Draven. Hmm. And then uh, Kevin DeHoppa says, uh, PS versus Xbox, this is how wars start. You're not wrong, Kevin. You're not wrong. But uh, good luck to you out there if, if in the coming weeks you are trying to get one. I, I really hope you do. I hope they finally you know, tighten that up for us. Uh, we got two new follows this week uh, at uh, Dia Diablea. That's a cool name. Diablea. It's like Diablo, but it's a girl. Diablea following you back. Thank you for the follow. And at damn underscore IDK. Hmm. What's up? Pending invite to follow you back. We appreciate you very, very much. Let me make sure there's no direct messages. There is not. We are good to go. And that sums up emails this week. So of course, just to give you a quick rundown, um, <clears throat> weeklygameschat at gmail.com that's the home to send us an email we have a discord if you need an invite check out twitter at weeklygameschat that's how you would find us this has been episode 333 um, I would be remiss if I didn't remind you guys that we are taking off next week for the Thanksgiving holiday so no show recording next week but we will be back the week after Wherever you find our podcast, please give us a like. Uh, Tell your friends about us. It helps people find the show and the show to grow. Um, With that, I'll look over to my friend Chris and my friend John. I love them to death, and I'll tell them both game on. Game on, boys. Game on, Sean. Game on, John. Game on, Chris. Game on, Sean. I love it. I love it. Peace out, everybody. Have a great week. Your mom's box is nice. What? Bug life.
Hey, this is Adam. This is Mike. And this is David. From Super Best Friends Video Game Sleepover. We make a fortnightly video game podcast. Fortnite means every two weeks. Covering gaming news, game reviews. I give it five out of five tacos. And whatever crazy audience tweets come in. And sometimes celebrities like Arnold even stop by to sing karaoke. Oh, I love just like Buzzy Each episode, we feature one burning topic, game dev interview, or super guest friend from the world of gaming. Check us out on the HP Video Game Podcast Network or on sbfvgs.com. I don't care about that. Wow.